Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Universal Dialect Show. This is show number 25. I got a return guest. I think, yeah, you're my first return guest. Um, he's a poet, MC, rapper, and he's an artist, plus he does a trillion other things. He's a father, you know, husband, etc. I want to welcome back Quest, the unborn child. How you doing, my brother? Yo, chilling, chilling. Thank you for having me back. No, I, you know I had to have you back. <laughs> you know that when we get into conversations, we just go deep down a rabbit hole. We find out yeah. like a lot more about each other. So I had to have you back. Um, what was I going to tell you, man? Yeah, so you're back. You're show number 25, but you were my first show. So essentially, you know, you popped my podcast cherry. So I appreciate that. Man. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so w- let's jump into it because, you know, I figure people can go back to that first episode. They want to find out, you know, about you and, and your exploits. Um, but let's go through uh, your origin story one more time, briefly. You know, uh, born, raised, places lived, because this is going to factor into what we're going to talk about. Okay. Uh, born in Brooklyn, nineteen seventy-eight. Uh, lived there until probably eighty, about eighty, eighty-one, before we moved to Staten Island. Um, then from Staten Island, I left, we, we lived there from like 81 to 91 before I moved to Hoboken, New Jersey, um, lived in Hoboken, New Jersey. Then I lived in Jersey city. I've lived in, um, Union city. I lived in Weehawken in New Jersey, uh, went back to Brooklyn at some point, like 97, 98. Um, and then, and then like, like May of 98, I bounced to, uh, to Miami. Well, I didn't bounce to Miami. I got sent on a one-way ticket to Miami. My mom was done with my bullshit. So you got bounced to Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got bounced. (laughs) (laughs) Don't come back. Right. So, so in all those places, it's, it's easy to imagine that you've, had a lot of experiences with a lot of things in all those places, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so before we get into like the 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 juicy shit, like the paranormal, because we got into the hip hop stuff last time, and 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 to be honest, you talking about the hip hop culture, I learned things from you that I didn't even know existed. So you got real deep into it, um, and you taught me some things, and I would imagine anybody listening got learned some things too, which was awesome, um. But recently, you were at a hip hop event last yeah. weekend, I believe. Okay, yeah. so uh, last Saturday, right? So I I remember maybe a couple of months, maybe even four months before that, you were already posting up stuff on your social media about it. And then um, I I take it you were at the event and you posted up something that I haven't seen you do in a very long time. And I know you've been to shows here and there, but but. I could tell you were really emotional and uh, uh, passionate about it. And you said something along the lines like hip hop is here in this building or, or something along the lines like hip hop is here in this venue. So um, can, can you tell me what the, what the event was, who started yeah. the event? If you know the history of like who started the event, yeah. um, who was there, like what artists were there and, and what your experience was like. Yeah. So um, in the last three years um so i don't know i'm I'm pretty sure for most hip-hop heads i can't speak for everybody but for the ones that do know um 
Thurston Howell has been living in Florida for the last couple of years. Actually, his family uh, was in Miami for a very long time. His grandparents, things like that. Um, yeah, he's, you know, he's a Brooklyn, he's a Brooklyn kid like all of us, you know. Um, he's the, he's one of the originators of the low lives, you know, the whole, the whole thing with Polo. Um, but from my understanding, because I, I have a, a close friend, um, of, I have a close friend that's close to him. They've been in Orlando now for three years, four, four. Because what this event was, was his birthday, his birthday bash, plus the fourth anniversary of the low, the low zone chapter. So there's a low life chapter out here. There's one in Miami. Well, there's one. Hey, can you explain what, what that is? Low life for people don't know what the low life are, you know? So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a low life, but right. in the early, you know, early 80s, um, you know, dudes was racking up on polo, you know, only Ralph Lauren. I mean, they weren't just wearing polo. They were wearing, you know, what Jabos was, and shit like that. And yeah, 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 yeah. Fila, you know, they were rocking, you know, all that stuff. But mainly it was, um, you know, like polo. So it was like um, there was uh, I think there was a crew called the USA Polo Crew. There was Ralphie's Kids. Um, and then what happened was because they were individual chapters, they eventually came together and made the low lives. So the two L's stand for love and loyalty. Right. That's what that's what it stands for. But um, so this this hip hop event was for his birthday and, you know, for the low zone uh, fourth anniversary chapter. And man, um. It, it was very uh, emotional because I didn't even take pictures. You know, normally I'll go to a show, you know, I'll, I'll snap some pictures with, with heads and stuff like that. But this time around, I, I didn't because uh, I was just immersed in the energy that was going on there. So, I mean, Planet Asia was there, um, you know, from Cali Agents. Um, and he has a crew now with Midas the Beast from Orlando. Um, Shabam Sadiq was out there, John Jiggs was out there, uh, Sydney Portier was out there, Shannon Briggs, the two time heavyweight champion of the world, was out there. He was the one hosting the party. Yep. Um, Dana Dane was out there. Uh, oof. Um, Elder Sensei from Artifacts was out there thurston was out there you know of course that was, it was his event um the whole low zone chapter i think almost all of them were there um k solo showed up at some point um i saw pictures of um etern from orlando she was even though we we didn't cross paths that's my homie but i didn't see her there um dude it was just wall-to-wall hip-hop like the energy was just it was crazy. You know, you you're standing in one in one circle having a conversation with a few friends and you look behind you, Planet Asia's behind you, or Dana Dane was standing behind you, or you were standing next to them. Oh, uh Lauren Mayhem was there. He performed. Oh, um terminology was there. Um was you know, them, them yo, everybody that 
touched the stage. It it reminded you of the beginnings of hip hop when you got on stage and even though you admired the person, you respected the person, you were a fan of the person that performed prior to you, you had to fucking destroy the stage. And that's what each individual did. Dude, they just lit it up. My homeboy, uh, Red Eye, um, he had he was in a crew with Shabam Sadiq at some point called The Closers. He's in a uh, Orlando group here called Red Rum. And them dudes is nasty. Like, that, that's my favorite group right now, Red Rum. Because the beats, the lyrics, the energy, everything that they give is just, is hip, that's is real hip hop. It's that gritty. Right. You know, none of this bullshit that's, you know, you can't understand what they're saying. Like, it's real lyrical hip hop, you know. And, man, they were getting up on stage. They were telling stories about Thurston back in the day. Like, you know, how he grew up around, like, you know, they he grew up with, with Shannon Briggs. You know, so they were telling those stories. Um, yo, it, it's it's crazy. It, it's dope to have something out here like that because, you know, I've been to a lot of shows and I've never seen that much love in my life. You know, you didn't have to wear polo, but obviously everybody, you know, it was low to low, you know, to the wall. Everybody was wearing some, you know, some really dope shit. And, um, yo, man, it was just like you walked in. And dudes was just showing you love. Yo, what's good? How you doing? Yo, what's your name? And you just build. You just built off of that. And that was it. You know? Networking, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely networking. There was a lot of networking. I saw that. Yep. And where was this at? What was the venue? Uh, Iron Cow um, in downtown Orlando on East Robinson, right next to, um, it's on the same block as uh, Los Gringos Tacos. Okay, so is it like a brand new venue, or is it, it used to be something else, and they just took over and they renamed it? Um, you know what? Honestly, I don't know. Um, I've been there a few times. It's, it's, it's not a huge venue, but it's not small either. It, it's decent. It's decent size. Right. You know. Yeah. I don't know and how who, long it's been there. Yeah. So, so, so who put this yeah. on, and is it, and yeah. is it an ongoing thing? Like this, this event's gonna be ongoing, or is it? Was that just a one time? So, thing? so no, no. So, from my understanding, um, you know, the low zone they do a lot of community work out here, but their intention is to bring more hip hop to Orlando. That's so dope. from my, you know, because they have, you know, obviously they have a lot, they have a lot of connections to a lot of people, um, you know, big, big time. Uh, I saw pictures. Thurston was just in a um at a mass appeal, uh, party, um in New York last night. So Nas was there. Raekwon was there. Uh, he I, I um I shared a picture with him and Dave East, you know, from the Wu Show, and also you know Dave East is, you know, pretty uh pretty dope um MC himself. Right. So yeah, it it was big. A lot of people there. So Thurston has um, you know. He's he's doing his thing. He's doing his thing. Okay, so um, what I've noticed in the last few years is a lot of like these what you would consider like old school MCs are starting to like drop material. So they're coming out of the woodwork now, and then you got a lot of new heads that are starting to come out. So do you see something like this, like that event that you went to, sparking a new wave 
right of of a hip hop culture essentially to kind of bring to light that there was a culture being that for like let's say the last 15 years with mumble rap and all these other new styles of rap that don't care about really the culture they don't talk about the old school heads that uh uh, uh created the path for them do you see this like as a new spark somewhat i do i do yeah i mean you know we're coming across 50 years in this culture this year, you know? So, um, I do see, I do see our, our, our OGs like Thurston and, and other, you know, heads like him, they're starting to realize, and this is something he said, I, I don't, you know, don't quote me word for word, but they were talking about the death of others. Right. How how we have lost so many in the last couple of years. People just, you know, you sign on to your social media. It's like so and so passed away, you know, stuff like that. So it's crazy. So the one thing he said, while you're here, you know, solidify, you know, your legacy, you know, love, love your family, love your wife. Tell her you love her, love you, love your homeboys. Tell them you love them. You know, because we grew up in an era where it was like, we don't say shit like that. Like, you knew, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, you had each other's back, but we never said shit like that. You know, that's kind of new to our era, our generation, our age line. You know, we don't say stuff like that. So he's like, yo, show more love, show more love, give your flowers now, not later. Right. You know, that makes sense. With 50 years, uh, you know, coming coming around to this culture, this culture has done a lot for us. At least we realize it. I don't know if the younger generation realize what this culture has brought, but this culture has, you know, it 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 came out of nowhere. The energy came out of nowhere. I mean, not nowhere. You know, it came from the Bronx, but during that time frame of what was happening in the Bronx, you know, for that to just come out of you know, just take different elements from different cultural backgrounds and make something of it that right. it's become what it is, you know? Yeah, it's crazy because, I, uh, you know, you have the back-to-back, essentially, passing of Hurricane G and then Tame One, you know? Um, yeah, that, that killed. I had to sign off that day. I, I couldn't do it. I was like... Yeah, oh. it's it was just surreal. Like, it, like it was, a, a, like, fake or something, you know? Because there's people out there that, I don't know if you've seen this on social media, you probably have, where they create, like, these fake, like, Bruce Willis died, you know, blah, blah, blah. They'll, they'll say, you know, some, and I thought it was one of those things where, you know, people were making shit up because they, they're young. They're our age, you know, in the, yeah. the you know, mid-40s, you know, going into the 50s and shit. And you're thinking, like, damn, man, like, what the fuck, you know, what the fuck happened, you know? Um I was going to ask you something. I forgot we're talking about like the deaths, but anyway, so yeah. So you're talking about like the deaths and it being young, you know, and, and us giving, you know, flowers now. Um, I'm just hoping that, you know, these young, this next generation that comes up, like it's fine if they want to be into that mumble rap stuff, but I would love for them to know about the history of the culture and link to that and at least give them that option to listen to alternative stuff too, rather than following what everybody else is doing. You know what I mean? There's, there's, um, I mean, the history, you know, is 
it's if you look at it, if you break down the history, it's individual stories of each person of what they went through. You know, to to get to where they they got to. And that that history is important because um you know it, it kind of starts from when Martin Luther King and Malcolm X were assassinated, you know, and then soldiers coming home, you know, from a war and then going back home to uh, a rubble ridden city, you know, and no one caring, you know, they were pumping drugs into the, into the community. And so the, the true beginning of this culture before this culture, before the music was the gang world, you know, but people don't understand that it wasn't just a gang world. Like, the creator of the Bronx pretty much took everybody, all the middle class, all the, the upper class, and he took them out and left everybody else to just suffer. And then he it just left it like that. And then what landlords were doing were hiring people to blow up, you know, buildings so they could get the insurance money. And they were, like I said, they were pumping in drugs. And so these guys were coming home from war to this, to another war. So what they did, they had the platoon mind, right? Like they, that's what they knew, platoons. So that's what the gangs ended up being. You know, yeah, they were wearing, you know, the cuts and the colors and everything like that. And they were fighting against each other until Black Benji, you know, was murdered because Black Benji was the ambassador of the Ghetto Brothers. And he tried to like, he tried to stop it, right? He tried to stop an all out war. And they murdered him. And then, you know, like Karate Charlie and, and and Puerto Rican Benji, like them dudes, they were ready to go to war. But Black Benji's mom was like, that's not what my son was about. My son was about peace. So I think it was like, I think it was like 70, 71 that they eventually did the peace treaty. It might have been 72. I have to I have to get back and look at that, but there was a peace treaty among like, like in in the boys club, right? A YMCA, one of the two. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yo, they had um, you know, the news was out there because it was big. You know, they were they were patrolling their areas. Yeah, they were getting gang fights and there was you know senseless murders and th- and things like that. You know, but there's always shit like that in this world. But they were patrolling their areas because the cops wouldn't patrol their areas. You know, they were trying to, yo, the ghetto brothers were, they, they were stopping crackheads from being crackheads and turning them into, into soldiers. Black Benji was one of them, right? right? Like he was addicted to drugs and yo, Karate Charlie and, and Puerto Rican Benji, like they stopped that. They gave him, they gave, they gave him something more than what you know, the government and everybody else was pumping into the Bronx, you know, and then um, the Ghetto Brothers. So after after everything, the peace treaty and everything, the Ghetto Brothers started doing music. It wasn't hip hop, but, you know, they were they were playing music. And then, you know, then you had like Cool Herc, you know, Grandmaster Flash and things like that. You know, like Cool Herc came from Jamaica, so he took that sense of element from Jamaica and, and brought it here. 
You know, it just people keep talking about him riding around in his Cadillac, you know, with two big speakers and and his parties, but they don't discuss the part where this this part of the culture kind of came from Jamaica, man. Like, you know, when they were having parties out there and they were like, you know, they would rhyme over instrumentals. Right. That's where that came from. That's where MC and right? came That's what it was from. called, toasting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it came from. So, and then, you know, you had the culture of Puerto Rico, you know, all over the Bronx, you know. So they be playing the bongos and the timbales and, and things like that, too, you know. And then, like, they started, you know, dancing, you know, like b-boying, you know. And if you, and if you go back and you look at that, you see a lot of the, um, like, 1920s, 1930 dances kind of look like the top rock. There's some people that, you know, and then if you look at the the Taino culture, you know, you and they their dances, some of that was a part of the b-boy. So people fig, trying to like figure out, you know, oh where this come from? It's yo, it's it came from you know native cultures, right? So, I mean. Hip hop in, in general, the culture, you and I know we love it. It's 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 primarily positive, even though artists talk about the shit that goes down in their life that may not be as positive. But that's more of like, I guess, for them, therapy, right? Or for you, because you're 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 an MC and you introduce a lot of what happens in your life and your music. Mm-hmm. But even though it's you know, it's positive, there's negative aspects to it. And I, I can't not bring this up because it's a part of the the, the history as well. The situation with one of the forefathers, and that's Africa Bambada. And when that whole thing uh, went down, it seemed like people automatically weren't listening. They were just taking sides. Boom. You know, I'm on this side, have people on that side. But what did that do to the culture? Like, what from from what you saw and stuff that you read and people that you talked to, because you're very in tune with people in the culture uh, at that time and, and, and in the past, what, what kind of stain did that put on the culture? I mean, cause you were Zulu too. Yeah, I don't know if you still are, but I mean, yo, you know, you're Zulu by heart. You know, we grew up in that. Like, I've been around this culture since '84. So even though, like, as a child, I remember growing up and watching them break, you know, in the in the parks and. Um, and the parties in the parks, I remember all that. And watching the trains go by, you know, getting bombed up, tagged, and everything. Um, you grow up around that culture, right? So when I lived, when I moved to Staten Island, um, you know, I didn't live on the side of where, like, you know, where everybody knows of Wu-Tang, you know. I didn't live on that side of the island. I was pretty much kind of like, on the other, like not not that far away, but like right there. Um, but I grew up around Zulus, and and um, and the nations of the gods, things like that. So, but one thing I was always told, like you know, when you're a fighter and you know you immerse yourself into that into that life, you know whether you have the Zulu ID or the beads or whatever, you know. I was put down with with heads from 84 in Staten Island. So, you know, that that sticks with you. 
And it's funny because everywhere I've ever gone, lived, I've come up across Zulus. You know, it's so it's just funny like that. It just you try to like walk away from something and it just pulls you right back. Right. You know, and I guess it's just it's a connection, you know. And so, I mean. It was Bambada had been one of the forefathers of this culture, you know, um, Zulu was created in 1973, November 12, 1973. The culture of hip hop had not been given its name until um, November 12, 1974. And, um, you know, so you have heads like there were things going on in that time from my understanding, from my OGs that they had seen some stuff, right? right? But no one really talked about it, you know, because it really wasn't talked about in that time. And if it had happened to you, you didn't talk about it because it was a stain on your status, right? Then you were weak, you know, things right. like that. Right, right, right. So eventually this, um, this Aki, um, you know, beast Stinger finally wrote a book telling his story. Uh, I've never read the book, but I know he did write a book telling his story about his time with Zulu and what Bam did to him. And then another brother came out who was a Zulu soldier, like a soldier, like he's done some things, you know, for Zulu at that time. And he came out and he told his stories. So it, it ignited, um, it ignited a, a big problem in New York at the time. And he wasn't looking to step down. Um, I had been a part of a few of the phone calls with him on it. And they discussed, um, you know, him stepping down. And, you know, and he was like, no, I'm not stepping down. You know, I, this is mine. You know, I own the name. And he has lawyers. He has lawyers. He has all that shit. And he tried to do interviews and but when you watch somebody, you know when he's you know when they're lying. You know, I mean, who does who does a news interview with, with shades on? Come on, man. And you know, eventually he did take them off, but every time he'll say something or they'll ask him questions, he you know, he look left. Right. You know, or he'll look down. But, you know, even on the phone call, he was like, I gave him money. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's what you did. And then that one thing that you did destroyed a whole entire nation. I mean, I'm not talking about just New... You're not just talking about New York City. Zulu Nation was global. It had chapters everywhere. Every country, almost every city... It was over a million heads. And it just disappeared in in a moment. It just fizzed out. Right. I mean, you, you know, there's still the um you still have Zulus that at that time that you know, because the community was looking at the Zulus wrong, but it it wasn't the Zulus. It was just one person who had done this. You know? And um, 
so from that, you know, you have like uh, King L1 from Chapter 25, um, Zulu King Last Man from California. They built something called the Zulu Union. And they're, they're still to this day trying to rebuild Zulu to what, you know, what it is, you know, because they still stand for what Zulu stood for. Right. You know, so they're still, they're still doing their community work. They're still trying to do things with the culture. Um, you know, I, I, I admin one of the, um, the pages for Zulu union. Um, I share a lot of hip hop, you know, for them. Um, L1 had asked me to do this, you know, to keep the, com uh, the camaraderie uh, of the group and everything like that. So, you know, little by little, we're bringing, you know, we try to bring people in. Um, a lot of people have come back, you know, and they're, you know, they're building their own chapters again, but with the union. And the reason why they called the Zulu union was because we couldn't keep we couldn't keep the name. They couldn't keep the name of Zulu Nation. Because he owned it. Because he owned it. He actually owned it, like the name. He owned the rights of that name. So he was like, okay, you could try to use it, but I'll sue you. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so, because there's this documentary, and when because you, you mentioned Global. So I remember in the 80s, there was a documentary called Bombing. I don't know if you remember that, where... uh. Yeah. Africa Bambada goes over to the UK and he gets with uh, Goldie and because he's trying to spread, you know, Zulu Nation out there, you know. So so it, it was meant to be something, I guess, positive. But in the end, if you think about it, Africa Bambada possibly created Zulu Nation as a tool to do these fucked up things. He was, yo, so the way I look at it and... um. Cause he was a spade first, you know. Um, shout out to the spades. They they were the found they are the founding fathers of like Zulu Nation and things like that. But he was he had written a letter for a contest and he had went to Africa and with Zulu, with real African Zulus. So when he came back, he was standing on a rooftop and he was talking to a few of his people and he was like, "This is my Zulu Nation." So that's where that came from. Right. But I guess he used it as he was the Pied Piper. So he was like, you know, I'll spin records and I'll get people to come and, you know, join my nation. And and then that's it. That was he he could do whatever he wanted to do. Yeah, because you're dealing with like kids from the ghetto that don't have parents that watch them. And right. they're left out in the streets so he can manipulate and take advantage. And like you said, because it's it's all about machismo and I'm a man and this, you're not going to tell somebody yeah, else that you got it. raped or whatever, you know? You're not going to do that. But you're going to hold that anger in, though, for years and years and years. And you're you know? going to take it out on everybody around you. Right, right, right. So it, it was more destructive than it was constructive. Yeah. Damn, bro, shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I talked to you about it because I knew that you, since you were in there, you can shed the light a little bit more about that that whole situation. And it's unfortunate because, you know, again, the hip-hop culture, you know, can do so many great things, you know, and it's done great things, but just to oh, have yeah. that stain on it. And I think that because of that, that's when um 
this whole mumble rap came in like 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 there was a chink in the armor and then that chink turned into a crack and then some stuff slid in that shouldn't have slid in yeah. you know what i mean and it like took a hold and then uh i don't know but um i want i want to get into like because you're really great at telling stories bro and we've talked about a ton of shit so before we again before we get into the paranormal and all that you have some great like stories about being in the street and seeing some ill shit uh okay so we we talked about uh that meeting that happened at the YMCA right yeah. and that uh that was kind of spotlighted a little bit in the movie Warriors when they had that get together right like they, they like the warriors took took that that meeting and they put it into the movie somewhat but you have a story that's very warriors like and i want do you know what i'm talking about the one where you had to go to different i think you oh. you started out in jersey and you had to make your way to staten yeah. or whatever yeah. yeah. Can you can you can you go into detail of how that whole thing started and then like what happened and then the end, and all the way to the end cuz I, I that's a fantastic story, bro. Uh so <laughs> this this is when we lived in in, in Weehawk in Jersey. So Weehawk in Jersey was pretty much a little town within Union City. And um Union City was broken off. So it was Weehawken, Union City, Jersey City, Hoboken, North Bergen, um, Rutherford, you know, so it was broken up in areas. And um we had a homeboy, you know, who um I was very close to, and he had he came up to us and he was, you know, we were all on the on this corner on 37th, and he was talking about how Cause he he was drunk, but he was really pissed off, and he was saying that some dude tried to um, rape his sister. So he was like, "Yo, I want to go, and I want to, you know, go to Jersey City and face him. You know, throw it down, like fuck him up." So everybody was like, "Fuck it, we were on some fucking shit, you know." And um, we went, we trooped it to Jersey City. And this dude was sitting right on the on his on his um stoop, and he was like, "Oh, you so and so," and he's like, "Yo, you try to rape my sister." And the dude tried to like, he's like, "Man, whatever." And right then and there, I'm standing like right in front of the dude, and the person next to me that you know we followed there, you know, to handle business, he popped him right there with a three fifty seven. So <laughs> at that point, dead had shot or just hurt? I do. I don't know. Okay. 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 Sudden, okay. I got all you. All of a sudden, we say, you know, all of a sudden we've seen like, um, because if anybody knows Jersey City, there's surrounding buildings, right? So there's a street, but there's surrounding buildings. And now everybody's looking outside. We hear cop sirens. Already? You know? Yeah. Yeah, yo, Jersey City was no joke back in the day. In the nineties, cop there was cops a couple of blocks away. They were they were everywhere because right, Jersey right. City was just that wild. It was, it was always fights. It was always rumbles and things like that. Which sparked and like New everywhere. Jersey Drive movie, right? Um, it kind of was like that, but it it wasn't. It was more territory, you know, because like Hoboken had beef with Jersey City. Jersey City had beef. You know, with, with Hobo, 
and people had beef with Union City, and which is crazy because we all have family in every area. Right, so you had to go in those other spots anyway. So you had to go in those areas. You had a cousin, you know, over there and, and things like that. But, yeah, they, they blasted dude. And then uh, Alexis Coop pulled up, and it had been a, a king that I know, a Latin king, that had pulled up, grabs my homeboy, throws him in the car, leaving us there. They took off. To save him? To, yeah, to grab him and left us there. So at this point, everybody's like, yo, every man for himself, be out. Oh, shit. And this is like, we're about 20 miles away from home. So, you know, because it was deep in like the beginning of Jersey City and we're in Weehawken. So that's about 20 mile, a 20 mile troop. We used to troop shit like that all the time. Easy. Yeah. Back in the days, you can walk fucking 50, 100 miles and like nothing. Yeah. And you didn't realize it. You got to right. your spot when you got to your spot. You know what I'm saying? But, yo, I, I just remember like everybody just spread out. Everybody just ran in different parts. And by I'm pretty sure by the time the cops got there, everybody was gone or they were looking because I booked it. I booked it through. This park that I knew in Jersey City. By yourself? Yeah, I was by myself. Oh, so it was literally every man for himself. You didn't group up with nobody? It was was a good 20 of us. And everybody booked it in their own way. They Everybody went in several directions. So I I went down because I knew, I knew, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody knew where they were because, you know, we all pretty much were young there. So it's like I, I shot through this park that was uh, a border to Hoboken. So then from from there, um, nearby, there was this thing called White Wall. And White Wall, I guess there was a um, there was a bridge at some point in Jersey that had toppled over or they, you know, they destroyed it. So it was the leg of a bridge inside the ground. They called it White Wall. And then you could um, you could climb it going up or you could go down. And I went down. I ran through Hoboken Projects. And because that's it's right next to Hoboken Projects. I ran through the projects. And from there, I just remember just walking through Hoboken and then eventually kind of went up. You know, I went into the city of Hoboken and then went up. And went back home because I lived on the hill. In Weehawken, so I I've lived on a hill that connected to Hoboken. Right. So the any so when you linked up with any of the other dudes, did they tell you if anything crazy happened to them while they were on their trek back? Yo, everybody said they just ran and and never looked back. They just they took off. Some dudes jumped on the on the dollar bus, you know what I'm saying? But they were lucky because they were the only ones that didn't have blood on them. I had blood on me. Oh, I had this shit. Dude. I had this dude's blood on me. Damn, so he, yeah, he must have shot. It was point blank with a three fifty seven, so the blood shot out. Yeah. Right so, on me. Man. Damn, man. Damn, that's crazy, man. So do you have any other, like, ill stories like that? Like, Oh, yeah, man. Um, they, It was winter, and I was with, um, I was with a couple of homeboys. In Jersey still? Yeah, in Jersey. 
and we we were in Jersey City because two two of the dudes I was with are cousins, and then it was me and, and a a close homeboy. We kind of all grew up together. We went to middle school together, and this was around like high school time, and um like freshman year, and we were in Jersey City, and it was nighttime, and we were walking because they were looking for their another cousin who lived in Jersey City who, you know, who was selling so we could get some trees, whatever. But we never found them. So then we were walking, we were walking down this block near that park, <laughs> near that same park. And we were walking on the, on the opposite block, on the opposite side of the block. And there's dudes on the stoop. And the first thing they, they, they say is Cuba, because that's what they used to call me. They used to call me Cuba. And they're like, yo, don't look over. I'm like, all right, we're we're rocking black hoodies, gator mask. I don't know if you remember gator mask. Yeah, the, with, the, with the fucking Velcro and all that shit. And it had the little yeah, holes yeah. in it. Yo, we yeah. were looking like ninjas. We were, you know, all Dude, those, those straight up were the worst things that, that could have been uh, created in, in New York or any ghetto. Those were the worst but things that were created. You want to know, you, but you know, that was for um snowboarders. I know, but that's what I'm saying. It made its way to the ghetto. Yeah, it made it, it, way to the dude, everybody yeah. was wilding out, man. Yeah, yeah. So we used to rock, gate, you know, gator masks. We were rocking black hoodies, high-tech boots, you know, things like that. And we were walking. The, the first thing they say is like, Cuba, don't look over there. And I'm like. Because <laughs> you know you're going to look. They know you're going to look. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm, also, I'm always on some fucking shit. So I was like. And then I look back and I was like, I got something to tell y'all. They're like, what? It's like, yo, they're coming. They're like, yo, didn't we tell you not to look? It's like, all right, yo. So my boy, um, one of my boys, he was like, yo, you see that corner? Once we, once you get to that corner, book it. So, yo, we was out, like gone. You know, we, we're used to running from cops, so we be out, you know? But then... um. So those were cops that they told you not to look over to? No, it it was it was it was kids like us. Oh, okay. You know, stick, was, you knew they were stick up kids probably, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. So I got away with a with one of my homeboys, and um we stopped running, we looked back, and I see I see my I see um one of my homeboys standing on the under a street lamp, and the dude got his hand you know, in his pants. So he got, you know, he's holding a gun, you know, but he's like showing him like, don't move. This is what I got. All of us had shanks, you know, all of us had shanks. Um, So the homeboy that I was with, we were in the dark. So we came around the car, you know, crawling, uh, not crawling, but like, you know, kind of like low. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we was low, you know what I'm saying? Military and, style. <laughs> yeah. And this one one of the dudes, he came running past, and he didn't see us. And my boy came up from the car and just socked him right in the face. Just knocked his, just knocked him out. Just, just kept hitting him, hitting him. So when I – so I was like, yo, I'm going back because I, I, I just can't, you know, let this happen. And uh, so I came back, and I pulled out my shank. And I had I had a huge fucking like a uh, huge fucking shank. I was obsessed with knives back in the day, so I had this huge shank on me. 
And I seen him hold a gun, but I was on some fuck it. Like, if you're going to pull out, I'm definitely going to cut. Like, I'm fucking killing you before you even do something. And, um, but the other homeboy was like, yo, chill. I'm looking for so-and-so, you know, saying his cousin. And he's like, oh, that's your cousin? And he's like, yeah. He was like, oh, I right. Like, I guess it was someone that everybody knew in that area, you know. So they pretty much let us go. But it was one of those things where it was like, yo, like, motherfuckers was about to get shot or somebody was about to get stabbed. It was it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, you that know? that that that's like every day. You know, at least it back in like that. I don't think it's like that now. At least no. not in most parts. I mean, New York has it, has it, and and actually the East Coast I, I got, in general. Like I, I talked to a lot of homeboys from back home, and um, uh, and they tell me like there's a um there's a condo right next to the projects, like right across the street from the projects. There's a fucking condo, and it's filled with, you know, you know, it's filled with. I got you. I got you. And that's the thing, like New York now and, and, and the East Coast, just in general, like all of those cities, they're now being gentrified and they're not the same anymore. Like the just, you know, Most definitely not because they're jogging and they're jogging over there and they're walking their dogs and like nothing, you know, like nothing. And when you think about how it was like, yo, early 90s. You weren't allowed to go to Hoboken Projects unless you knew people in Hoboken Projects. You weren't even supposed to be in Hoboken if you didn't know somebody in Hoboken. Right, because you always got always got to ask that question, like, who are you? Who you know? Yeah, like, oh, like, where are you from? Right, where are you, you from? Where are you from? Who you know? Like, why are you here? Like, you're in my, you're in my area. You're in my territory. I remember not living in Hoboken. I was living in, in Weehawken at some time and I was going into Hoboken to hit up an arcade spot that I used to go to a lot, you know, to grab a sub and um and just play some games. And I took a homeboy with me that, you know, was not from that area, you know. And I remember walking and there were two dudes walking behind us. So what they used to do was one will stay behind you, but one when the one person stay behind you, then another person will come from from your left side, right? Like you know, try to okie doke you, right? They 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 uh position themselves. Yeah, right. yeah. So when I so when I turn, and not even to like swing or nothing. When I turn, and then the I saw someone coming from my left because I knew I knew what they were doing. I knew the two dudes. I went to school with them. Right. I'm like, yo, yo, what you know, relax. Like, you know, I'm just here, just you know, just to chill. They're like, Who's your man? I was like, he was with me, that's my dude, you know, it's a close homeboy of mine. You know, we just here, they're like, All right. And just they left. Right, but if it but if you were somebody that they didn't know and the other guy somebody oh, no, they didn't it, know, it was, it's done. It was gonna be it was gonna be something because Hoboken had beef with everybody. Right. Hoboken had beef with like Jersey City. Union City, I mean, it was it was crazy. What were there like Bloods, Crips, Decepticons out there too, or it's just uh local East games? Side. So I never seen any like I think that was like late 90s. 
But even in the late 90s, I didn't see any Bloods or Crips like that. There was a lot of Kings, a lot of Latin Kings, a lot of Nietas. We had MS-13, and we had Zulus. Oh, you that, had MS-13 even out there during that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. So, so that, did uh, Jersey have like a, a concentration of South Americans and Central Americans? Union City. Wow. Union City was Boricua, Cuban, El Salvador, Mexican, Guatemalan. It was that. I mean, it was all Spanish. You didn't see no white people in that area. Right. It was a mashup. Yeah. Yeah. And th- and it ran from, I think, 31st or 32nd to 80th. Because when it became 80th, then it was like North Bergen. But all of that, all of Union City was like, that was it. It was, his, you know, Hispanic town. Damn, bro. All right. So before we get into like the next segment, man, do you have anything else? Any other ill stories, man, that you can remember? Um, I'm pretty sure you have a ton of them, but if you want to keep, we can keep going. I like, you know, I think it's interesting to know that mentality and the life, what what it was like when you and I were growing up out there. Because I'm, you're you're in Jersey and in Staten, I'm in the Bronx and in Queens, but I'm running all over New York at that time as a teenager, hopping the train, going to Manhattan and all this other shit. So I mean, yeah, even in Jersey, we did the same shit. We would run to the city, you know. That was that's where you did, you know. Um, I do, I I do got one. I think one more story. Bring it, bring it. I got two, I got two more. I got okay, two more. Okay, bring them, bring them. I got two more. So, um, the biggest thing in Jersey, so like in Newark, you know, they rob cars, right? Like they jack cars. What I learned moving from Staten to Hoboken, um, I had made a. I had made a friend. So this is like around my first time moving to Jersey. And and I was in I was in Hoboken Projects. This was after school. And I was with a homeboy of mine. And he lived like almost the top floor of the projects, right? And um, so we were in his room. And I don't remember, we were going somewhere, but and we were, we were, um, damn, well, I don't know where we were going. But anyway, I was looking out his window. His window faced um, the train. So right behind Hoboken Projects was the Conrail train, uh, train tracks. So it'll go through there, right? And Conrail is um, a train that, you know, it holds uh cargo you know it, it it could be whatever it could be for a factory it could be anything it could be uh sneakers it could be super nintendos it could be tvs it could be you just don't know until you break open the locks <laughs> right, right so anyway this is my like kind of my first time in my boy's house you know we're in his room with bumping music and i'm looking out the window and i peep something right there went, there's these kids in black hoodies in the bushes. I'm like, yo, what are they doing? And he's like, oh, yeah, they're going to rob the train. I was like, what? Rob what train? He's like, the Conrail train. I was like, what? So he was like, and the train was coming. Yo, train was coming. And then a Conrail cop, there was Conrail cops. So they rode on the side of the, of the, the train. 
So you see the Conrail cop, or you see the dudes in the bushes, and they just watching. And at some point, the Conrail cop goes, and it just drives ahead. And then I just watch these dudes just pop out the bushes in black hoodies like ninjas, jumping on the train, cracking the locks, and then just opening up the train and throwing shit off the train. Yo, I was like, I want to do that. I want to do that so bad. Like, I want to do that shit. Let's go. Let's ride. And he was like, nah, 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 nah. So, <laughs> so I so I never got to I never got to do it with him, but I was with with a couple of homeboys I had made other friends with in Hoboken Projects, and they were doing it. So I was like, okay, I want to do this shit. And um, I just remember going to do it, and we were throwing shit off the train, and then we were getting shot at. By who? Uh, Con- uh the Conrail um, driver. <laughs> so, and then uh, Conrail cops came, and we jumped off, and we started. So, there's like a hill. They call the G.I. Joe Trails. That's what they call um, behind Hoboken. There was these, it was like, you know, real. it was real like like hills everywhere, you know, and that's where like White Wall was, but that was further down. But you can, you can go up those hills and go into Jersey City. So Conrail Cop showed up and I was with somebody, um, may he rest in peace, Lurch. Lurch was like, man, Lurch was like, Six, seven, big, young. He was ah. big, big dude. And a cop grabbed me and was trying to arrest me. And Lurch came and fucking just punched dude. Just knocked his ass out. That's how big Lurch was. And um, and he was like, yo, run, go, go. So we, we took off. And that was, yeah. And you never got, you never got what you, what you threw off? No, the- I never got off anything over there, but. Dudes was getting sneakers, dudes was getting Super Nintendos off that shit. It was, you know, it was crazy. Okay, so I remember you telling me one time, because we were talking, you know, about the paranormal shit, but you were telling me some other side story, something in Staten Island. There's this place that has, like, a tunnel, and sometimes people would wind up missing. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Can you talk about that a little bit? So <clears throat> there was, um in Staten Island, this, well, this is the 80s. And um, there was, uh, in Willowbrook, um, a hospital that was abandoned, right? And they used to, so instead of taking people there to get, you know, to to get healthy and whatever, they leave people there to die. And um, there was a, there was a, a few serial killers on the island at that time, and Cropsey was one of them. Yeah, and there was a there was a tunnel near Willowbrook over there, and um, I guess it was like a tunnel that went, you know, a tunnel that went into into that hospital. No one really ventured over there too much, you know. Nobody was that fucking crazy, but you know, um, people just disappeared, you know. People disappeared there. There was a um, Silver Lake Park. Um, 
that was known for because so on Staten Island in the eighties, it was very segregated. You had your his you know, you had the Hispanics, very small few Hispanics, but then you had the Gambinos who lived on the island at that time, you know, the Italians. And then you had, you know, the you know, the black on, you know, on the other side of the island, you know, near the the piers, the harbor over there. That's kind of where it was, like Stapleton and and what people know, Killer Hills. Um but at the time there were serial killers on the island. And Cropsy Cropsy was taking kids. He was just fucking snatching kids out of their homes, snatching kids off the you know, out of their out of the park and shit like that. You and know? so did they so they identified that other than him, there was others too that were working in that yeah. area that were doing things too? Yeah. And were they ever caught or is or you, you don't not, know? Not that I know of. Mm-mm. I just I know about Cropsy because um because Cropsy had uh killed somebody I knew. He kidnapped and killed them. Uh Damn. Jennifer Swigo. That oh, so you, you knew her? Yeah. yeah, there was news clippings of her, so you could probably Google it. No, there's Jennifer a documentary Swigel. and they talk about yeah. his yeah, victims. They talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yo. That's bananas, bro. Yeah, it, it you know. When when you're a ghetto kid, that's what that's what you're dealing with on a day to day basis. Um, I, I remember uh, an acquaintance of mine saying something that really like stuck with me. One of the things he said, and it, and it pertained to New York, but it wasn't. You you can apply it to New York or Boston or or fucking uh, Compton or whatever. But he said New York City is haunted, and I was like, "What do you mean haunted?" And he's like, "All the shit that's gone on in New York City." You know, all the fucked up shit, even from the beginnings when you had immigrants coming across to 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 set up shop in New York. He's like, all that energy is is New York City absorbed that shit. And it's, it's very haunted. So you've had like extreme paranormal experiences in your life. Um, it, If it's too sensitive, I don't really want you to talk about it because I don't want I don't, I don't want you to talk about something that you're not comfortable with. But you had a specific type of upbringing, very similar to mine. That wasn't positive, and I and and I believe that factored partially or maybe majorly into your experiences with the paranormal. So, can you get into that, like the beginnings of that? Yeah. So, my mom and my grandmother. Um, so, my my family background. There's a lot of um, Afro Cubans, right? So, a lot of our religion came from Africa, um, and you know, I mean, directly from africa um i'm not sure what part of africa but i know like their 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 circle of like santeria was um directly from there like my my grandmother had a ouija board that came from a tree in africa that was stained with blood you know that she would use you know things like that um my my first like my my first encounter with with that type of stuff I was man, I was real small I was like I don't know 4 or 5 and um uh, maybe I think even younger than that was in my grandmother's house it was always some type of activity going on at night you know you see things moving um in the in the dark you know um 
I constantly have nightmares there, you know, like I would always see these, like these puppets, like trying to hold me down in her, in, in this bed that I had. Cause I slept, I slept in a back room near her, near her room. And then my, then my parents, um, well, my mom and her husband, they slept on the other side of the, this was in Brooklyn. And man, like, I just just remember things just being like trying to grab me and 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 like do shit. It was just crazy. It was like she had dolls all over where everywhere she she had things all over the house, you know. And she never used it for good because I never seen her do anything for good. It was always like really bad. Like you know, revenge so sort of thing. Man, I, I don't know if it was revenge, I'm pretty sure, but Eventually, we moved out to Sheepshead Bay in Brooklyn, which wasn't that far from where we were living in Brighton Beach, and um, and that that activity followed, you know, because they had this clown in in my in my room. And clown. Remember, yeah, they had this clown in my room. That's the worst. I suppose it had batteries, but it didn't have no batteries. But the lights and the eyes would still go on. It would laugh. Like it was really fucked up shit. Like I hated that <laughs> shit. Like, hated that shit. And um, they had this horse in my room, like a that, rocking, like a rocking horse. Yeah, one of those rocking old school rocking joints. Right. I never got on that shit, but <laughs> they had it on there, and it would just like the thing would just be rocking back and forth, and that should be laughing. It was oh man, and then um, like eventually we moved to that's when like. Like eighty eighty one, we moved to Staten Island, and then the house that they, the house that they got on Morningstar, four twenty seven Morningstar Road. Man, I'll never forget that shit. Morningstar Stream, right? Yeah, that's kind of where I got it from from that track. But um, it was a it was a two story. <laughs> it's very weird. I don't know if you ever heard of this, but it was a two story. Two two bedroom, one bath house. It was a big house though. Like it wasn't small. But when you think about it, like I could draw the layout for you. That's how much I remember about that house. Right. You, you did it, you did it already for me. You already drew the oh, layout. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, that's right. I did. <laughs> I did. And so we moved to that house. And I remember when we got there, the the original owner was still there so he was showing them around and I remember like he sat me down on this couch in front of a TV and he had the the black and white version of uh, Wizard of Oz the version where the um the those little people fucking hung themselves so it was you never seen that no I know that I know in the back, like if you really look yeah. at that, it's the one where they where they hang themselves. But yeah. he showed you that specifically. Yeah, yeah. He was like, "Oh, look, I have a copy of this. It was VHS." And he was like, "Look, yeah, the guy was fucking. I don't know, like, dude was deranged." Because I remember taking a tour around the house, and he took us to the attic where my room was, where my room was supposed to be. And he was like, you know, two girls were murdered up here, 
you know, in the 1800s. So that house had been around for, for quite some time. Yeah. So it had a history. Yeah, it had history. And and let me tell you, like, the energy of that house. Well, my grandmother and my mom tried to clean that house. And instead of cleaning the house, they activated the house. On so, purpose or by mistake? I think by mistake, because they were trying to clean it. You know, when you move into somewhere new, you try to... Like know, spiritually cleanse it? Yeah, like spiritually okay. cleanse it. Right. But instead of doing that, they opened it. Like, they just, whatever was in that house, it was just, it became real active. Like, even active to the point where the energy flowed outside. I watched the, I watched the guy on the corner of my house. He was biking. On one side of the street, it was a two-sided street. So you're going up and going down. Dude was coming down on my side of the street. And out of nowhere, because we was outside playing, a car came, yo, out of nowhere, just came out of nowhere, flying. This dude, him and his bike, went in the fucking windshield of the car. So that corner was killing people too because it always happened on my side, on my corner. It was like the blood was feeding that house. At least that's how I took it. That's how I took it. So so what kind of weird things happened? Because you had told me a story about you being in, in the room and crazy shit happened in the room where you would wake up and you wouldn't be in the place that you first fell asleep. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry, brother. I'm sorry. I was like, fuck. Well, all right. So, I mean, God, there's so, there's so many stories. So, my mom and, had. And I don't mean to cut you off, but this also comes with the energy that your mother and your father were bringing into it that was affecting you as well. So, whatever yeah. this was in the house was feeding off of that too. Eventually, it, it got bad. It okay, so go, so go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Start. Go ahead. No, no, it, it's fine. So eventually, like, there were times I'd be, because in my room, I didn't have toys. Like, I didn't have toys like that, you know? Like, not really. Maybe, like, a handful of, like, five toys. That was it. But mostly, I had, like, a bureau and a bed. That was it, you know? And I had one window um that faced outside and then i had a walk-in closet that had a bureau in there and a and a window and um i just remember that room always being so cold that when you would breathe you could see the air and it only so like i'll be sitting there i remember do you remember encyclopedias yeah the Britannicas, the thick ones. So I used to take the books and I used to create fortresses, you know, and I play with my G.I. Joes, whatever. And and I would have like a G.I. Joe behind me and I went to grab it and it was gone. And then it'll be somewhere else. And, you know, as a kid, it's like, okay, you don't think about stuff like that. But then when you see something like kind of move to the side, you know, you kind of look, but it's like, you're a kid, so you just keep on going. 
So you seeing you in your peripherals, you see something moving? No, like right here. In front of your eyes? Oh shit. Yeah. Just just see something like move to the side. You know, or like I'll make the like a fortress of books and then it'll get pushed over for nothing. You know? And then I had like a I had like a little TV in my room with a Emerson like a black and white Emerson box. And that would turn on, you know. Man, it 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 was crazy. Like we had <laughs> my um they had bought me this thing. I don't remember if, if you remember in the movie Big uh Photon. It was like a helmet and it was yeah, attached to like a little ray gun. gun and shit. Yeah. Yo, that shit would go off by itself in the middle of the night. And it was just it was just like little stupid stuff, but eventually my stuff started to disappear. Like just disappear, it was gone, and um, and then there were times where there there were times where like I hear the door, it because I slept with my door closed, so I hear boom, boom, boom. So I was right next to an attic, my room. So you went upstairs, and it was only two two bedrooms. A, um, next to each other, and then the attic. That was the only three things up there. Right, but and, you said, but the attic wasn't there. There was a stairs going to the attic, correct? Well, there's a oh. door. There was a right. door with a skeleton, a skeleton key that you had to open. And um, but there was when you open the door, there's stairs that would go up to the attic. And um, but this one time when the door was just banging and banging and banging. You know, I was like, come in. And the noise stopped. Everything stopped. And then, like, about 10 minutes later, my mom called and she was like, did you call for me? And I was like, you knocked. So I said, come in. She was like, I didn't knock. I didn't even hear the knock. Dude, that shit was so loud. How you not hear that shit? (laughs) But she didn't hear it. You know, so, um, so that was that was one time, and then there was another time. My bed, I had it against the wall near the window, near this window, and I remember having like a. They had a clown on my on my bed. It was like a piece of wood, and <laughs> and I would wake up in the middle of the night all the time. Like, I felt something touching me all the time, like, grabbing me. And I wake up, and I look, and then I look at the clown, and it was looking at me, but then the eyes would move. Fuck that, and, bro. And it, and it was wood. The eyes were wood, so it's not like googly eyes, whatever. It's, it was wood. So the eyes would shift. So eventually, I ripped it off my bed because it was, like, stuck on It was, like, with glue. I ripped it off and I threw it out in the wind, you know, outside the window. And I woke I eventually went back to sleep. And when I woke up, it was it was back. It was on my bed. Didn't you say your bed used to move too? Yeah, it used to shift all the way in the middle of the room. And I was I was uh I was covered in like a, a cloth. 
And like I would wake up and, you know, when you have the blanket over you, it wasn't even a blanket. It was like some type of white cloth was over my body. And, and it was the like whole a room. And right. The whole and it was room, a cloth that you didn't even know where it came from or your parents didn't even know where it actually came from. I mean, my mom's husband, he wasn't into that. You know, he wasn't into any of that. He wasn't even Hispanic. I think he was like a white. He was white. And he didn't believe in any of that shit. And um, but I don't even remember asking her for it. Like, you know, what happened? Like, what, you know, what was that? Why'd you do that? I just, man, I never, I never wanted to be in that house. I was outside all the time. If I could right. stay out, I stayed out. Right. There was a there was a part of the house, um, that was like a like an inside porch, and it had glass windows like all around. So I used to go out there a lot and and like you know just hang out by myself, and just shit would just something like you you would see like figures walking through the window like each window you would see figures and then you look behind you. And there was nobody there. But oh, you so you would see the reflection of something maybe behind you walking, and when you turn around, there's nothing there. Yeah. And then my mom, she had this uh, what they call like an elegua, and okay. she had like a like a little boy that ran around the house all the time, like you know, a spirit. She and would so see you it here. Yeah, she saw it. She saw it. I only saw it, like. You'd always see him like briefly, like when he went around the corners and stuff like that. But you hear him laugh, like always. You would hear laughter in the house. It was really fucking annoying. I right. hated that. And there was one time my mom was in the kitchen and she was doing something. She was like, Can you get me this spray? It's in I left it in the attic. Fuck. So I just remember going upstairs, opening the attic. And then I opened the attic and I could see the spray at the top of the staircase. So I was like, all right, I'm going to grab this shit. I'm going to run the fuck back down and I'm going to go outside because it was daytime. I was like, I'm going to go outside and just stay outside. Yo, so I ran up to the, I ran up. I was okay with it because it was daytime. So there was a window like like a few feet away from the stairs because it was this it you know this is one side of the house and then there was a window on the other side of the house so there was light coming in on both sides of the attic the attic was very long very very long and pretty pretty high because you know while I was a kid so I could stand up you know um so I grabbed it I grabbed the the bottle the spray and I fucking shot down them stairs and when I shot down the stairs the fucking door said just closed so I grabbed the knob and I'm fucking like shaking that shit and it's locked and I'm like so I had to go I was like okay my mom's husband's outside he's barbecuing I could yell from the window and tell him open this shit. So I walk up, I walk up this, you know, the the staircase, and now I have to walk to the other side of the window. So pretty much I'm walking the whole entire house. So I'm walking, 
and they had like he had his safe up there because he had a gun. Um, and then he had like his old un like his old naval uniforms because he was in the army, but then he did part time in the navy. Um, when he was doing communications, and my mom had her wedding dress up there. Just it was just random things. It was supposed to be in my room, but then they just used it as a like a storage, you know. So I get up there, I get to that area, and this my mom's dress is moving. Like it starts to like fill up, like if somebody was in it. Oh shit, son. Fuck. And all of a sudden I see this woman like and it's not even like, you know, in the movies, they make it look, you know, like there's a human in there. It's like, no, it was like energy. But it was the shape of a woman and she was holding a child. And I don't, you know, I don't know. I just, I just stood there. I was fucking frozen. Like I couldn't move. And, um, and this other thing started shifting around. And I was like, in my head, I'm just like, fuck, I just, I couldn't scream. Like, you want to scream, but it felt like, like, it didn't feel like somebody was choking me. It was just felt like there was no air here, right? Like, you can't project anything. Not a sound, not a, a yelp, nothing, dude. I, I was just stuck. And I just, I just stood there and then the dress dropped. And when the dress dropped, I heard the door unlocked. So I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe it had been my mom wondering what I did with the spray. You know, parents back in the day was super impatient. So it's like, you know, I told this boy, go get it. You know, where, where are you type shit? I heard the door unlocked. I booked it out of there. I didn't even look out the window. I just booked it out of there and the door was open. And then when I came out of the attic, the door closed again behind me by itself and locked. So I, I ran downstairs, I went to the kitchen, I, you know, I, all I remember is just like dropping the spray and I, I left, I left out of that house and there, but there were times in that house I'll find myself, like I'll be sleeping in my room and I found myself downstairs, you know, I find myself downstairs, um, it was crazy. Even like my mom's husband told me in their room, he saw uh, he saw a very tall man, a shadow standing in the corner holding a spear. And my mom would laugh because she was like, oh, that's my that's my guardian angel, you know, but that shit wasn't funny, dude. Like right. there was shit always going on in that house. And, you know, I just remember. I just remember going down the stairs and, and seeing a long, a long table. So in, in the, in like, there was supposed to be French doors, but they never did anything with the house. He bought the house to shut her up. Right. So they were supposed to do all types of shit with this house. There was a, there was an area where there was supposed to be French doors. They didn't do any of that. So it was open. So you had the like a living room and then the dining room and then the kitchen. 
and then the kitchen had a foyer, right? You know, to go outside, whatever. So it was like an open plan, right? Yeah. Where you have everything all in one. Yeah, and then in the dining room was a door to go to the basement, but they had a they had a barbecue table, like a like a picnic table in the dining room. They didn't have like a normal fucking table. Right. They had that. That's what they used. And but I came down the stairs one morning. Nobody was home. And there was this long table in the dining room. So I'm like, oh, they bought a new table. But why put it here? You know what I'm saying? Because it was just it was like in between the rooms. It was just weird. So I'm like, oh, maybe they just they brought it home and then they left it there. And then they'll, I guess, figure out. But honestly, that table was so long, it, it made no sense for that house because the dining room wasn't very big and the living room wasn't that big. So I just remember coming down the stairs, looking at the table, a chair like pulled out. And I just remember like sitting in the chair and then being pressed into the table. So my chest hit the table and like I'm being pressed up against the table now. And eventually, eventually like it let me go. And I just remember running into, there was a bathroom near the kitchen with a, you know, with a bathtub. And I just remember just running in there, hiding, you know, hoping somebody will find me. Nope. But when I finally came out, that shit was gone. Yeah. What about that time you told me that that you, the way you explained it to me, it pretty much like something possessed you and that there was this kid that was fucking with you and you wound up like doing something to that kid. Yeah, I I do remember. And it's at the same house, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So there was two incidents. Um, there was a, there was this one time that I was in my yard. I didn't have a fence. I had, you know, bushes around. There was a, a very large tree in our yard, but I just remember not being myself. I mean, I was very, I was always very angry, like a very angry child. Like, you know, I just very quiet. I never laughed. I was just. I don't know, there's just something about, you know, I was just always rough like that, you know. And this kid came over. He had, he had like, just moved into the neighborhood. He lived right across the street from us in this little duplex in my block. And his name was Alan. And Alan came over, little fat kid. And I was playing with this, um, this metal this metal stick that, you know, you pick up garbage with. And he fucking was like, he wasn't fucking with me. He's like, I was like, oh, you want to do this? You want to do that? And he was like, no, I don't want to do none of that. And then I just remember looking at him. And it was like a dead stare. And I just went like this. And I pulled it out. And then he went like this, like he grabbed his forehead and he fucking flew like out of there and 
then I just remember looking down and I see this thing in my hands and it's like with blood. And I'm like, fuck. So now, you know, trying to get rid of this shit. And my, you know, my, I told my mom what happened. My mom went over there. They wanted to call the cops. You know, they wanted to like, you know, they wanted me to wait. And um, they were like, you know, what what could we do? You know, but I guess I didn't I didn't pierce it too much in because they got the bleeding to stop. But his brother came. He had a brother named Michael. And he came with this other dude that lived on our block. And they were like, where is it? And I was like, where's what? They're like, where's the where's the stick that you had? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they were like, we're going to find it. We're going to get you with it. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But you could look. You could look for it. And after that, they moved. They moved, like, I think, like, a month later. They moved. And then there was another time that there was a kid who I was friends with at some point, this kid, Brian. He lived a couple of houses down. But I kept getting phone calls, and I thought it was him. But he said he never made those phone calls. I showed up with a uh, with a banana knife. It was this huge fucking knife that uh, that my mom's husband used to keep in a drawer in the kitchen. I used to fuck with it all the time. And I went over there to his house with that shit. And I was like, keep calling my house. And he's oh, like... So, he, so was he calling your house? Or not him, but was you getting calls saying nasty things to you or whatever? Or was it just like, yeah, call like, and hang up? Know, it, sounded, it sounded like him. Like, oh, I'm, you know... I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to do stuff. And I was like, come over here. And he was like, no, you come over here. So I just remember, I just remember like just being so fucking infuriated. I grabbed the knife and I fucking went over there. And he's in the backyard with another friend. And I pulled this shit out and I was like, okay, I'm here. He was like, why? Wait, like he was super confused too. And he was like, why are you here? And I was like, you kept calling my house. You wanted to fight, so I'm here. He's like, what the fuck is that in your hand? <laughs> and I was like, I came here to fight. And he was like, you didn't come here to fight. You came here to fucking like, do something a lot worse than that because that knife is huge. He was like, yo, just get the fuck out of here. He was like, please, like, just get the fuck out. So I just remember this. I didn't even run. I just fucking walked away with that shit. Walked all the way back to my house with that shit. And do, do, you, do you did you feel a certain way? Like, were you like yeah, I mean, happy I in felt, the morning and then something sparked? Nah, I, I always felt, you know, you always feel like something's on your neck. Like your shoulders are always tight. Even as a kid, like, I just always felt anger, you know, always, always felt anger. Um, I I tried, I I used to wake up in the middle of the night and go into my parents' room because my mom's husband used to, um, he used to think, I guess, I was a punching bag. 
And um, so in the middle of the night, there was a few nights that I would just wake up and I just put my finger under his nose to see if he's breathing or if he's really sleeping. And then there was a few times that I was holding, I was holding that knife. And um, he stopped sleeping in that room after that. He started sleeping um, in the on the floor in the living room. And that's because, you know, he was from Vietnam, so that shit didn't face him. But there was there was one time that I had came down. This was like one of the very last times that I ever saw him in that house was I was I was coming down for um for water. And I just remember walking into the living room and they're arguing, you know, my, my mom and, and her husband, they're arguing and he has a rifle to her head. And I guess she had been, you know, coercing herself with a with a with a neighbor. And he found out because, like I said, he he's done shit for the Navy. He's done shit. I heard for Reagan, I heard he's done stuff, you know, communication wise. So he had this box that was a tech uh, that he wired into the phone. So anything, any conversation, he could hear the conversations. And I guess he heard her talking to my aunt about, you know, what they was doing. So when I saw this, when I walked into the room, he turned, he pulled the gun on me. And when he pulled the gun on me, then he grabbed me by my neck. He walked me through the kitchen and, you know, she's hitting him, like, let go of my son. All I had was like, you know, under like my, you know, my tidy whities And I didn't even have a T-shirt, just that. And he grabbed me by my neck. He picked me up. He opened up the front door and it was winter. He fucking threw me outside. And he locked the house. So I couldn't get back in. I couldn't get in through the basement. I couldn't get in through any of the windows. I couldn't get in. So I ended up walking like that to my aunt's house. But from my understanding, my mom told me he doesn't remember that. So we don't know if it was his PTSD or, you know, because he has seen he has seen some shit. I know he was he's done some things like later in life. He told me the shit he's done. But um, but yeah, we don't know if it was like the house fucking with him or anything like that. But eventually he left after that. And then it was just my mom and I, and she would work late nights. So it was just me in that house until, until we moved. Right. Did, did, did you see any, anything in the sky, any weird shit in the sky during that time? Um. So my house was adjacent to another house that was covered by trees. On um, Morningstar and Dixon. And um, supposedly someone was living there. I've never seen anyone there. But there was always an owl in that tree facing facing my room. It never flew over to me. It just was always in that tree. But, I mean, I never looked into the, you know, honestly, I didn't look into the sky like that. It was just so many things going on. At that time, you know, right. I ran away for some point. Um, 
I don't know. A, a lot of shit happened on that island. I went through a lot of shit. But, I mean, all the paranormal shit happened at that house. Right. You know, I, I didn't see anything else, like, you know, besides the fucking serial killers running around and shit like that. But that was that was about it. There, there was some real bad energy on that island, I'll tell you that, because... I wasn't the only six, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old trying to fucking, like, fuck each other up or kill each other or some dumb shit. It was just some... Um, that's just the type of island it was. You know? It was a fucking war zone half the time. Right. Right. The reason why I asked about that is because uh, uh, from watching and listening and all this stuff into the paranormal... They, they they always separated like ufology and and ghosts and even like cryptids like bigfoot and all that they always separated them so you know people would be like yeah i'm into like ghost stuff like you have tv shows that just focus on ghosts tv shows yeah. that just focus on ufos tv shows that just focus on like cryptids like bigfoot but in reality they're all connected and the reason why i'm asking that is because it's possible that you what was happening at your house could have been like some sort of like alien thing going on, right? There's this documentary, right, that came out. If you have a chance, look it up and 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 see if you could watch it. Um, it's called uh, Sir No Face. That's the first one, and it's out I think out of Australia, but it's about a group of paranormal investigators that get called out to like this island that used to have a prison on it, and. And the government hires them to go out there and take data and do research and experiments out there. So they do this research and experiments, but in their mind, they're going into it uh, with the mind frame of ghosts and spirits. They're not thinking anything else. So they do their their their, their shit. They get their footage. They they get their data. They give it to the to the government or whatever. And then they come out with this documentary, right? So if you watch this documentary, it, you, you're in your mind because it's presented to you as ghosts. That's what you're thinking. But there's a shot in there, like a scene in there where I think it's like either in a hallway or something and you see something like kind of pass by. So in your mind, you're like, OK, that's a ghost. Right. You see those ghost shows all the time, blah, blah, blah. Well, Some of the fans that were watching that were slowing down the footage frame by frame and they saw something different so then they contact the people who did this documentary and they say look you need to go back and watch that footage because what is there is not a ghost is a fucking alien gray hmm. so they go back and they look at the footage and they 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 free freeze frame it and they look close and it's a fucking alien gray like what would look like an alien gray so now they made a second uh documentary called two-faced the gray because what wound up being uh, uh, research into ghosts now became alien. Hmm. And then they came up with like, not, I don't want to say they came up with it, but then they they started to come up with like this theory of like, what if like poltergeist activity, spirits, ghosts are not separate from alien stuff? You know okay. what I mean? Uh, yeah, and yeah. You're telling me that you saw like the dress fill up and you had like this woman shape with a baby. And in the and and if you look at like uh ufology and the research they've done, supposedly there's alien beings that take the sperm out of people or the eggs out, like the sperm out of men and and the eggs out of females because they're trying to create like this hybrid 
sort of race, right? Like to save their own race, because I guess maybe something might be happening where they're dying off and they want to preserve their 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 race. So what if like you were being abducted and they were taking your sperm and then that being showed you your child, your alien child, bro? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but I just feel like honestly, this the spirit world. I don't know. I mean, it could be, but I've I've had a lot of encounters more with the spirit world than I've seen anything else. Like, I probably I've seen a lot of violent shit, and I think my connection to seeing so much violence in my lifetime, you know, in the cities, like you know, from New York to you know to Jersey, I've seen a lot of violence, and it's like. Sometimes I feel like the the one time I guess when your mind is clear is when you and you you're not realizing your mind is clear, you get your eyes open up to other things like you know your perception of the spirit right. world, and I guess because you know being that my grandmother and my because I, I've done ceremonies, you know they they've done ceremonies to me several times, and. I, I I just feel like the spirit world I think is is totally different. It's complex. I mean, it, it is complex. It is because I remember when um I remember finding my um finding my uncle, right? Because my uncle had been missing for a while. And um because because he was he was missing, I eventually you know we went back to Brooklyn, and you know I was yelling his name to his window, and his window was open, but nobody was coming to his window. I knew a girl that lived in his building, and um, she came down, she opened the door for me, and she's like, "I haven't seen your uncle in like two weeks." She goes, "I heard something upstairs, but." You know, so I was like, well, is he there? She goes, I don't know, but, you know, come in. So I remember just going up the stairs and his door was cracked open. So I ran up his stairs. I was like 15 at this, at this, no, not even 15. I was already, I was already 18. Eight, yeah, I was already 18. And I just remember you know, yelling to my uncle and the door is cracked open. So I just remember the door, opening the door and the size of these flies, like just hitting me in my face and the waft, like I've never really smelt death until I smelt death. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was yeah. just like, I just, you know, it was overwhelming. Like, you want to throw up. And it was just these flies coming at me. And when I just remember looking around the house, and it was ransacked. It was just, like, completely destroyed. And I just remember, you know, walking through the house, you know, looking. Because he had, because my, my uncle was a jeweler. And he did a lot of his work. He had a he had a 
a room, a workshop in his room where he did all his work. You know, he did a lot of practicing and things like that. But from time to time, he he would do, you know, actual things there and then sell it. He had all the tools there, all the tools to make rings, chains, you know, all that. So his whole entire place was ransacked. And but I couldn't find him. So eventually I walked to the back of the apartment. And so it's this very narrow hallway. You're gonna pass the bathroom, then you pass the kitchen. And then he had a very he had a back room, but next to this back room was his bedroom. And the bedroom was dark, but the door was open, and I couldn't move the door. And the, the smell got worse. I smell the smell every so often. Like, I don't have to be, I could be in my house and I, all of a sudden I'll smell it. And he was behind the door, stuck to the floor, decomposed. He had been there that entire time. So... I ran, I ran out of the apartment, ran down the stairs. My mom was coming up, and I was like, you cannot go upstairs. Get out now. She's like, why? And I was like, because he's dead. And she's, you know, fighting me to get up, and I'm like, no, get out. And I had the, the girl that I knew there, I told her, please call the cops because his body is there. Homicide shows up. Well, cops show up. And then eventually homicide, you know, comes up and um, they pull him out. And I had to look at pictures of his body, you know, to confirm that it was my uncle. It was my uncle. And. Um, yeah, it, it was it was bad. But I, I had lived in that house for like a year and a half. And but before that, my aunt had died. Um, my aunt Davina, and I stayed in that house with him after the funeral. And I was in this room that he had. He slept in the the dining area. He had it was very a huge dining area, but it was very weird. It was very very seventies eighties. You know, he had like a little love sofa in the dining room. He had a long table. He had a long table in that shit. Very long. And um, he had a TV. He fell asleep on that love seat. And then my mom and I were in this like, like a sitting room. And he had this like this green couch, this fucking old green couch. And we slept with it. And then right by the window was the train. So the train was passing, right? This was nighttime already, and all of us were asleep, but I woke up because the train was passing. But all I remember was looking over at my uncle, and I saw my aunt, like, touching him. And then when the, when the, when the light, when the train was gone, she was gone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did they find out, like, what happened to him, if you don't mind talking about it? And and did they find the people that did it or the person? Um. So 
when I went to the when I went to the precinct in Brooklyn, I think I, it was in the Coney Island precinct. Um, it was a woman, a uh, homicide detective. She was taking my fingerprints because I had lived there. My fingerprints were all over that house. Right. And um. And she just, I remember her telling me, leave it alone. Because during that time when we had left, around that time when we had left, but not even. Yeah, about that time when we were leaving to go back to, to Weehawken, um, the, the Hungarians and the Russians were coming in. And they were buying all the, all the buildings so they could uh, make brothels. Because um, the time that I was still there and I was living with him, I was outside one night just smoking a blunt by myself, uh, waiting for a friend to come. Uh, to come. A limo pulls up across the street. Now, on 5th, downtown on 5th in Brighton Beach, they call it Little Odessa because I had become all Russian. On the other side of the street, on the corner, on the left-hand side, the end of that street, they created a red room. And um, obviously, you know, you weren't allowed to be anything else but Russian to, to go in that place. Right. But a limo pulls up, and it's fucking Giuliani. And we're sit I'm sitting out there smoking a blunt, and I'm watching Giuliani go into the red room. And... Yeah, it it was it was crazy. Giuliani was he not supposed to be going to that red room? So in that red room, it was it was ran by Russian mobs. So everything everything in that area was at that time was being bought up by Russian mobs. And the buildings that my my uncle had lived in that building that very building that very fucking apartment he's lived in that shit fuck when he fled cuba he had he had um they had lived in that apartment since that since then so so you think it was like an operation to get rid of him so they they could like eventually get everybody out of that building and then just take over that's you know that's what was told but i remember living there and i remember being in a um i remember being in this laundry on on my block in brooklyn and i was washing clothes and this homeless dude came in because they were hiring homeless people as gunmen and um i just remember this dude just sitting next to me but he didn't do nothing. Like, he eventually got up and he left. But he was watching me. I remember that. I remember that a lot. And I remember him hanging around the corner of my uncle's block near this taxi spot that got bought up by some Russians. And he was homeless. I used to watch this dude sleep on the beach. I used to watch him sleep everywhere. But then all of a sudden, he was, you know, dressed up. You know? But... The homicide team told me leave it alone. Right, right. Because you're probably gonna touch something you shouldn't be touching, and then you become yeah. attached to it, and then you become a target eventually. Yeah. Damn, man. Yeah. So, so listen, man. Um, 
you have told me recently, and I mean recently, like I don't know, three, four years ago, whatever, that even now you you have paranormal experiences where you see shadow people, but it's to the point where even like your kids have told you things. Can you kind of get into that too a little bit? And the reason why is because uh I've had paranormal experiences, but also recently within the last few years, my kids have told me, yeah, we've seen stuff for years too. We just didn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yo, um, I remember living uh in Lake Buena Vista. Remember the, the apartment I used to live on the third yeah. floor? Yep. <laughs> so um it was just Dominic and Slevin at the time. And uh oh Dallas was at work and uh and I was I think I was in the living room and I just remember Tony and Dominic running out of the out of their out of the back room. I think it was, they were in my room, like just playing, you know, on the bed, whatever. But they ran out because they said that a woman, an old woman, came out of our closet and asked them if they wanted candy. Yeah. So I remember, you know, laughing about it, but I was like, okay, because they were fucking, like, I could see how scared they were. I went back there and I opened the closet. It wasn't a very big closet. It was a walk-in, but it wasn't very big. And there was nothing there. But I remember, like, I don't know if it was the same night or whatever. I had been going to school and I was doing online, you know, and I had a, I had to have uh, to do presentations. I had a camera on my uh, computer. And Odalis was at work. I remember that. So she wasn't home. It was just me and the boys again. And I just remember, you know, setting up my camera. But I saw something. And I lost the footage. I had the footage. And I freaking lost it. I was so mad. I tried to go on my MySpace and find it. Because that's, that's where I had it. Right. I posted it there. But so... I just remember saying someone there and then all of a sudden I heard was someone there. Like it was repeating what I said. So I was like, okay, maybe it was me, you know, maybe it was just feedback, but no, it, it happened like a few times that same night. Like it kept doing that and my mic was off. So, and I recorded it. So I try to keep it, but, you know, we didn't have that type of the technology we have now. We right. didn't have that, you know. So I try to post it somewhere where I can find it, but, you know, but no. And what what about your youngest? Because usually, like, kids, like, you know, Slevin and Dominic, they were young at the time. And, and kids' perception is different than adults. They could see more things. Uh, what about your youngest? Anything from from them? I know Mara has seen some shit. Um, I would probably say like a few months ago. Well, well, when we lived there, we had activity. And I and when I think about it, um, I mean, no one ever got hurt, but it was like things would appear. 
when I lived in um Palm Springs in Kissimmee, in that in that building over there, I lived on the first floor and I lived on the second floor. I lived in two different buildings, and, and there was uh, a little uh, a child, right. So there was a child that would draw on the doors, and I got little kids at, at this point. I have Slevin, um, I have Mara. I mean, she's a baby, but you know she could walk around. Slevin was very young. I think he was like four, maybe five. Dominic was young. Tony was, you know, almost into his almost into his teens. And Odalis was working for um one of the resorts, so she was never home. And then it was just like when it became nighttime in that apartment, it became nighttime. Right. And we weren't very active people in that house. It was pretty much we were just living there to live there to like hopefully eventually get out. But you would see a you would see a child run around and I'm like, I'd be in my bed. Yo, go to sleep. And then I get up because I see the person run by and I'm like, did I just say something? So I get up and my kids are in bed. Like knocked out. Knocked out. My kids were in bed. So I'm like, fuck. So then I went to the bathroom one day, you know, to like, you know, whatever. And when I'm walking out the door, there's drawings on the door. And I'm like, yo, your mom sees this. She's going to flip out. And then I'm going to get in trouble because whatever. And, um... They were like, Daddy, we didn't draw on the door. It was the little boy. And I was like, what little boy? Oh, the little boy that's in our closet. And I was like, you, what little boy in your closet? So every time I go in the closet, there was nothing there. But there was one time where, and I think Odalis was home too that day, the bathroom door just opens up, and there's more drawings on the door, and you hear a giggle. No fucking way. Yeah, and it was just like, okay, now we got to go. We got to go. So eventually we stayed with a friend, a friend of hers, and then got ourselves back on our feet. So we went back there because it was the cheapest. We lived on the second floor apartment, and it was just just more activity in that house too. Not as much as the other one, though, right. but there was some activity in that one. And... I've had activity in this house. Right. So listen, you know? Palm Springs, right? Mm-hmm. You, I don't know if you remember like the streets near it, but if you walk down, there's a street called Amberwood. Uh-huh. Okay, so I used to live on Amberwood. That's the first place I lived at when I moved to Florida from New York. So I, I went to Osceola High School, and a lot of students lived in, in uh, Palm Springs. So mm-hmm. I would go in there to hang out. That place is haunted. I don't know if you knew that. No. Just, just off rip is fucking haunted. So there used to be this girl there that I used to hang out with. I think her name was Dina, white chick. And she did this, and I was there with her. She did this uh, Ouija board ceremony there. This was in 90, 91, 92. Um, but she opened something, but didn't close it because shit got like really crazy. But ever since then, like, 
that place has been haunted, man, ever since then. So that's why you have an activity there, bro. That's, yeah, that's crazy to know that because I didn't know that. And so man. what's going on here in your place now? This thing, <laughs> this thing's moving when they shouldn't be moving. For real? You know, like, yeah, no, um, I want to say like a couple of months ago, like Odalis hates hearing this shit, but, um, I, I like where I'm sitting right now is where I work, right? Like I work from home. So, and then behind my chair is, you know, my bed. So Odie, one day Mara came in and she sat on my chair and she looked at, she looked at Odalis and Odalis is like, what? She goes, oh, you didn't see the, oh, the, the, the man that was just here staring at you? And she's like, no, what? She's like, go, go, go. You know, she dismissed, like, dismissed it, you know. But there's been, yeah, there's been a lot of activity in this house. A lot of activity. Like, shit will just fall to fall. It's like, it's been there the entire time and it just, it'll just topple over, you know. And things would be like move. Like you'll be looking at something, you'll move. I'll look from the side of my eye. I'll see somebody there, and then I'll look, and there's nobody there. But I, you feel like somebody's there. There's been, I want to say, in the last, we've been here four years already, going I think five, and there's been a lot of activity in this house. No one ever gets hurt, but. It, there's there's times where the activity is like it'll happen for a couple of days at a certain time. I don't ever pay attention to the time, but there's there's things that happen. And do know? you think it's something that's following you or just or maybe you come into a place and then maybe that that energy recognizes like what you're well, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, like I said, I've done ceremonies. I don't know what they've done to me. I know I do sometimes feel a connection. I, I can feel stuff when someone's in the room. I can feel when someone's in the room, it, the air gets thicker, you know, and then, like, when someone's, like, real close to me, I could feel like this. You know how a magnet would feel when you put two magnets together, but you don't connect them? Right, you feel that pull. That pull. Right. Yeah. That's you'll feel that. You know, there's been times where I'm in the kitchen and I'm cleaning and I'm doing something and all of a sudden it's like I need like I needed something. And all of a sudden that thing that I need, like seasoning, will be in front of me and I had not grabbed it. You know, stuff like that, like that's the type of stuff that happens in the house. And then my sister lives here with me. So, you know, and she's very connected to that world, very connected to that world. So I'm and she's seen stuff at your house. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, she can see, see. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Like we see we see little silly things, right? Like I'll see a cup fall or. Like the seasoning appear in front of me or I'll see somebody walk by, 
you know, that had probably had been standing there the whole entire time. Or, I mean, she, even though Dallas, like, she can't deny the things that she's seen. The kids have seen stuff. And it's like, sometimes, you know, as a parent, as an older person, a parent, you're like, okay, whatever, you know, you kind of shun it. But my, it's, it's funny when my sister confirms shit. Oh, like, she'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. You know, stuff like that. Because she has something that follows her, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she has something that follows her. Yeah. And it's not that that you're seeing? I, honestly, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I, I know spirits come to visit her because they come to talk to her. You know, so I'm pretty sure. You know, I don't know. I don't know who's lived here in the past, you know, or what's happened in the past. But I know she's very connected to that world and she can see like if they're right there. Like right. she, I'm looking she, at she you right people. now and you're there. <laughs> right. Yeah. She she can. They come to her. They talk to her. It scares her, even though she's been doing she's been doing this for years, decades. I mean, it still scares her. Like they wake her up in her sleep. Oh wow! To just get just to talk to her, to talk to her, yeah, and she'll tell them go away. You know she's she's done. Um, she's made us do cleansings in this right. house, each individual person, because sometimes it's like like I said, it it's gotten like very the cup has gotten very full and it starts to leak, and then my sister is on some mm -mm. no, this is not happening. Because then bad things start to like, she'll see like little things like certain energy, certain moods, certain attitudes. Like, you know, there there was um, I think last last year, I don't know, somewhere in the middle of the year, like I was going through some sh like deep deep anxiety shit, like for no reason. Like yeah, I can I could tell by some of the posts you were putting up. Yeah, like yo. I, I mean, like, even, pa like had, paranoid, like paranoid. So it, to me, it, it felt yeah. like you were paranoid. Yeah. And there was times that I just wanted to exit stage left. Like I just that's that's the type of feeling I had. Like I had a conversation with Odalis about it. Like I just wanted to off myself like I did not want to be here. But that's the, that's the type of energy that I was feeling. I don't feel that anymore. But. Yeah, my sister had to do like a huge cleansing last year and it worked, you know, but like I said, it happens from time to time. Like things just happen in this house constantly. And it was even before she got here. So it's not I can't say, oh, it's my sister's fault. Right. It's like, no, it's it was happening before because she would come visit us and just be like, yeah, you don't see that? No. She goes, yeah, there's someone standing right in your hallway right now. And you are know, these they, different entities, like they, they're different people entities? Or yeah. is it just like the old man? No, no, it's, it's different entities. I guess passing through or whatever, but a lot of them, like, we used to smell cigarette smoke. Yeah, I smell so that a lot. <laughs> so we would run in the room, in the kids' room, be like, you know, but nah, you know, none of them are smoking. We don't smoke, you know, we don't do none of that. So and my sister don't smoke. 
my brother-in-law don't smoke. So just to smell that, but my sister's like, oh, yeah, the, there's a person that came to visit me and he smokes. So What about, like, like perfume? Because I know I smell perfume that I know is not my wife's perfume. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like perfumes, like, or just, just certain scents. It's like, it's just very off, you know? So, you know. The Hispanic women in this house do what they do. You know, Fabuloso, the whole house. Yeah. Fabuloso, yep. He definitely needs Fabuloso. The whole house. The whole house. <laughs> you know, clean the whole house. But, I got you. but yeah, I mean, it just, it's like a fluctuation. It's, it's like a passing. Like, they come and they go. And it's always when we don't, we'll just be sitting there like, oh, Dallas and I be watching TV, whatever, just hanging out, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, we'll see something. And we'll just look at each other and be like, nope. No. Not, to, not, not tonight, Satan. Not today. Not today. <laughs> not today. Fuck all that. Yeah. So let, let's segue into, like, uh, something more fun. Because I know that you're, like, some people say, yeah, I'm into horror. But they're not into horror like you're into horror movies and shit, man. So let's get into, like, the beginnings, bro. When, when, when did you really start, like, like loving horror what was like the first horror film that you remember that getting you into that whole genre um i got to see night of the living dead uh in black and white in the movie theater um my mom tried to i guess she wanted to scare me because you know like, I, I didn't watch movies like that in the house, you know. So we would have to go to the Deuce, you know, in the city. And for a lot of people that don't know who the Deuce is, the 42nd Street, you know, Times Square, whatever. Yeah. And we would go to the movie theater, and she's like, you know, parents back in the day didn't give a fuck. You know, right. they scared you, they scared you, you know. It was funny to them. So she tried to Dude. scare me. They wanted to go to the movies, and if you were in their way, they were like, fuck that, you're coming with us, <laughs> whatever yeah. it was. So, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can't. I mean, most of the time, they'll leave you behind, but she was like, it was just her and I, and she was like, you know, took me to go see that, and I just, yo, I was in love. Like, I, I just fell in love with, with horror movies from that, you know, it was, and I still watch that movie from time to time just because. I just remember as a child just watching this black and white film and, you know, and it's just dead people walking around. And I associated it kind of with my life because in that time I felt like I was living the entire time in an apocalypse and I was just trying to survive. Right. You know. It's very reflective in your lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. So so out of all the genres, I would probably guess that zombies probably the best one that you're really into the most um not as much anymore i think people have oversaturated that genre i mean don't get me wrong i love some i love i love a good zombie movie if it's good you know but i look at i look at that stuff and i don't know why i just i associate it a lot with survival you know, of the real world. Like, you know, I think about that stuff, you know, and, but I love zombies. Um, Like I said, not, not in the last, 
just because movies just been oversaturated, so they've been really stupid. Um, I love paranormal movies. I love things about good and evil. You know, I love the Conjuring series. Love that series. I could I watch that shit like a Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> and uh, the Insidious series. Um, I used to like gore, but I stopped. Uh, it just doesn't do anything for me anymore. Not that like it bothers me. I like I like stuff that that messes with the mental. Right, challenges you mentally. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you try to put yourself in that position, or you might have, like, when I watched The Conjuring, I'm like, damn. I kind of felt like, can you imagine like putting all the stuff that was really around what was happening into the physical like they what they were going through because those are based on true stories you know so i i like i like things like that you know the conjuring the insidious i mean i love most of the all the 80 horror movies you know hellraiser you know things like that um but i think a lot of the gore movies that they're trying to it's 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 something that they're i know they're trying to introduce the new generation to but i'm Right. I guess because we grew up watching Faces of Death and just 80 horror movies were real fucking gory. You know, it's like now I want I fiend for a cinematography story. Like it it can't look cheesy to me. That bothers me. The storyline bothers me. If you say something a certain way, that bothers me. Right, right. You know, right. like I, I could I could watch, I don't watch comedies like now I start like in the last, I don't know, in the last 13, 14 years, I started watching comedies because of my wife. Right. I never watched comedies before. I was just straight horror, sci-fi, you know, documentaries, stuff like that. Now, I'm, you know, I get into comedies and stuff here and there, but man, I I could watch a horror movie on the fly. I'm always looking you're, you're posting stuff online, movies that I've never heard of before, or movies that honestly, like I would look at it and be like, I'm not really interested, but then you peep it, right? But what, like, so what would be any genre, your top three horror movies? Mm, top three horror movies? Yeah. You can go four if you want to go four. If that'll help. I mean, um, obviously, you know, Day of the Dead. And Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, the originals. But my favorite one that inspired um, Awakening the Dead, the EP we did, was the 2005 Dawn of the Dead. You know, the one that Voida sampled. Um, I I love that movie. I could watch that movie over and over. Um, I love... That's one, right? Yeah, that's one. Okay, okay, okay. So Dawn of the Dead, um, I love the first Insidious. That shit is crazy. Um, I really like that one a lot. I love the first Conjuring. The second Conjuring was good, but I really liked the first one. Really, really liked the first one. The third one was dope too, but I really like, uh, let me see. I mean, I could say, you know, the Jasons and the Halloweens, the, I like that, but um, I like the first Hellraiser. 
that would probably be my third. And then, man, my fourth one. I'm trying to think. You don't have to do four, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, I mean, you're good. I I watch so many movies, yeah. and some of those movies I rewatch right. a few times, and I, I I catch shit. You know, I catch certain things. You know about oh. it, but so zombie movies, your top three or four. So we already know Dawn of the Dead is probably one. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead. Um, Land of the Dead was was dope. That Land of the Dead, that was George A. Romero. Um, and um, Diary of the Dead was dope. There's a movie called Alive. Hashtag Alive. I yeah, I've seen, seen that. One. Korean one? Yeah, that's dope. Yo. Respect to the fucking Koreans, man. Like they've been, they've been fucking rocking out with these horror movies. Like if if no one has Shutter, get Shutter. Um, I don't need it. I have a Fire Stick, so I just watch everything on the Fire Stick. But yo, Shutter, Shutter's been dropping some fucking dope ass movies. You know what? Horror movie wise, was Nicolas Cage's first fucking horror movie, Mandy. Have you fucking seen that movie? No. What is that? Oh wait, is that the one with that? That's almost like a Chucky type deal. No, I know what you're talking about. That one was kind of funny, whatever. But his first horror movie that, like, I guess he had fell off the grid, and he wasn't really doing anything like big movies anymore. So I guess he wanted to like insert himself into the like sci-fi horror, you know, community. So he did this movie called Mandy, and yo. I saw a sober and I saw a fucked up. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll, I'll put it on my list. I'll yeah, put yeah, on. watch that movie. Mandy's fucking dope. Like, even though, like, she's like, what are you watching? Like, Odalis is like, what are you watching? I'm like, yo, this movie's dope. <laughs> it's like, it's been wigged out and he got a fucking, I don't know, battle these fucking demons. I don't know. It's, it's fucking really wigged out. It's okay, dope. so. You you mentioned like the Korean like all of a sudden with uh train to Busan and hashtag Yo, alive train to Busan Busan um, is nasty. You know, you know there's a a part two, but it, did it come out already or not? I know it's it been out. It's called it's called Peninsula. Oh, see they changed the name, didn't they? Then because it was called, called train to. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that one. It's a sequel to Train to Busan. So and you know they're doing an English version of Train to Busan called Train to New York City. Oh man, I don't know if I want them to do that though, man. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> right? I guess we'll see. I just hate we'll when they see. do that. I mean, this this whole uh 2023 is fucking like just a lineup of fucking horror movies. Just like they're dropping one um The Exorcist is coming out on, on my birthday, Friday the 13th, on a Friday fucking 13th. Wait, so they're redoing The Exorcist? Yeah. Yeah, it looks so dope though. I've seen like little things here and there. That shit looks crazy. I, I need to see it. Um, oh, we saw Megan last night, and that's you know, the one I was talking okay, about. Yeah, aside from like the TikTok trends that have occurred from that, you know, with the dancing and all that, that's what kind of fucked it up for me because I just saw I just started to see all these stupid people like dress up as Megan and do these dances, but yo. That movie was fucking dope. Is it? it okay. Fucking, okay. Yeah, it was dope. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Like James Wan 
like it that's a James Wan movie and um he had disappointed me with um oh fuck uh malignant I fucking hated that my movie was trash at least to me it was trash right <laughs> like I know a lot of people are like oh that movie's dope no that movie was not dope uh, if they would have done like a story about the backstory because the backstory was dope because the girl um she has like uh, a sibling but the siblings attached to her in the back of her head and they have two different brains so and it wants to do it what it wants to do and she mm-hmm. wants to try to live her own life and nah, that ain't happening but eventually they fucking sink and you know they go crazy and shit like that but I don't know. I thought it was stupid. I didn't enjoy it. Like, I sat there, like, wanting to see this movie, like, wanting to see this movie, and it just... It disappointed it you. It disappointed. That was um, that was definitely a disappointment. Uh, I'm always watching random horror movies, man, just because, you know, I want to I wanna see stuff. There's a, um, a, a South African one where this... It's on Netflix. I have to look for the name, but there's this family that go to a refugee a refugee home and there's spirits in that in that house that was dope that was a, a real dope one uh another korean one that was good uh was about this hole in this house and the hole in this house tells the story on uh how someone was murdered and it, it just gets into the spirit, like, you know, the spirit and like, I guess, you know, it, it tells a story. It, it was good. That shit was good, too. I got to remember the name of that one. Um, There's a, a short, like, miniseries on Netflix. I don't know if it's still there about a witch. Um, That shit was pretty fucking dope. It's about an author who writes about where she where she lived. And, you know, she made it into horror stories. And then one of her friends from her own town came to visit her at a book signing and fucking hangs herself there at the book signing, hangs herself from the second floor of the book of the store. And fucking then she finds like, okay, I need to go back and visit. So she starts to visit like all these people. And then like the person that hung herself, her mom was bewitched by a fucking demon too. She's not the witch, but she's fucking be like she was besieged by that fucking like by a demon. That shit was dope too. That's crazy, bro. Okay, so what do you think of like th- there's a on Netflix as well. There's another like Korean zombie like series. Oh, that, just, the um with the kids in the school. Yeah, uh that's a you know that like, they got that from an anime. My youngest is reading that anime, actually. <laughs> I, yeah, I saw the anime first before. So when I saw oh, it, no. I was like, okay. There's a, there's a manga and then an anime, I think. I'm not sure. It's one of those two. But I know that yeah. my, my, my youngest is, is is into that. But that that on Netflix was dope. Pretty good. Was, was pretty dope. Yeah, that was dope. There's another one, too. Um, That's, I don't know if it's Korean or if it's Japanese. But like I said, yo, they, they've been going in. On a, on a lot of them. Some of them stick out to me. Like, I like Alive. Alive was dope. Um, oh, another... In, uh, like, UK got dope movies. I don't know if you've ever seen um, 
the night that ate the world or some shit like that. No. That's a zombie movie too. So this dude Wait, is it the one where he he wakes up? Has to do with like he, he went to this party to look for his yeah, ex-girlfriend so, or some shit. Yeah, yeah. So he goes to his ex-girl, he just wants yeah. to get his shit. Yeah. And he keeps trying to talk to her through the whole that was a dope movie too. Yeah. I that enjoyed was that was a dope ass movie. So if you yeah. had to pick like uh underrated newer horror movies that you've seen recently, let's say in the last two years, pick like three or four of them before we like call this segment uh, a wrap. <laughs> um underrated, underrated, underrated. Yeah, like it's some that not not many people talk about, but you're like, dude, you gotta you gotta watch this one. This is very underrated. It gets you, you know, when you don't even expect it. Ouija was dope. A movie called Ouija. That right. was dope. Um oh that one with the with the with the girl, uh the the little girl who's not a little girl, um orphan. Right. One and two was dope. I enjoyed both of those. Um I think those are underrated. I don't think a lot of people talk about it. Is two a sequel or a prequel? It's supposed um so Orphan Two is a prequel. Okay. Yeah, it's a prequel. It was good though. It was it was good. A lot of people talk to shit about it, but I I watched it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the first one too, because the first one got um my favorite person, uh, Vera Farmiga. Yeah. You know from the Conjuring, and um, and another underrated one. Those are good. What about Hereditary? Um, Have you ever seen Hereditary? Hell yeah, hell yeah. Hereditary was dope. I enjoyed that one. There's some Easter eggs I heard in that one. So I got to watch it again. They say there's a lot of Easter eggs, like real shit about that movie that they're trying to tell you about. Right. Um, there was a Swedish film. What's that Swedish film? Uh, damn. I think it was made by the same person who did Hereditary 2. Um. That was underrated. I can't remember the the name of that movie, but it's it was a real like weird cult movie. They go out to like they go out to like um, I don't know if it's Switzerland or if it's like Dutch. It, God, I can't remember what country they're in, but this friend brings all these friends of his with him. They fucking trip balls in this field before they get to the actual place, and they get to this like these people where they still live kind of off the land, you know, like kind of pilgrimage, you know, type um, area. And they're feeding these people. And then these two people, I guess, like they're, they're too old to live. So they fucking have them kill themselves and shit. They go to a top of a fucking this tall rock and they fucking fall off that shit. Yeah, it's, it's really fucked up. It's a really fucked up movie. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I'll look it up and I I can right. I can tell you about like the name, but yeah, man, I don't know. I watched sometimes it run like if you if you tell me a name, I'm like, yeah, I've seen that. It, it's so bad. I I watch horror movies almost every day, almost every day. I watch like two or three horror movies. Um. My next one on my list is uh, Pray for the Devil. Um, oh, my favorite movie from last year. I thought it was the best horror movie from last year was Smile. Have you seen Smile? I, I've seen the trailers and I, people give 
have given it mixed reviews, but is it dope? Nah, fuck all them people. Okay. <laughs> that movie was dope. Like psychologically, right. that's what I was looking for. Like I look for psychological films like that. Like I like that fuck with your head type shit. There was a YouTube video that Paramount took down because they were about to put the movie up on stream. And they took down a YouTube video that the the, the actual creator of the movie, he did an 11-minute uh, short film on the beginning of Smile. So if you've seen Smile, there's a part where this woman, uh, this psychologist, is uh, she's talking to this a, a, a patient of hers, but this woman appears and she's frantic, right? And um, so this 11-minute film that is gone tells the story of what she went through because what happens is when you see somebody else's death, then this thing comes for you. You know, it, right. it, it comes for you. It, it's yo, you gotta watch it. It's dope. I, I I like it a lot. I like it a lot. We went to the movies the first day it came. Nobody wanted to go, except for my <laughs> sister. She's into that shit too. Right, right. She loves horror too, but um, but yeah, that was. I think that had been my favorite film of last year because there really wasn't much that I enjoyed. Like I watched stuff here and there, and it was good, but you know, Smile was probably my favorite one. Right. I watched Halloween Ends. That shit was whack. Um, damn, what else? What was wrong with that Halloween Ends one? Was it just like too... You think it was rushed or it just didn't have enough? No, the, the way they killed him off, that shit was... It was dumb. Like, you know... If you know, the, if you know how Michael Myers is, it's just like, nah, that shit is whack. And it, it, it wasn't even about him. And then at some point, he synced mentally with this one guy... And then he tried to fucking kill Michael Myers because he wanted to have Michael Michael's Mike Michael Myers stature. The, it, it was just dumb. They they should have just left it alone. Right. They should have yeah. just left that shit alone. I guess it's good just sometimes to just leave things as they are, let it ride into the sunset. Don't yeah. touch it anymore. Yeah, don't touch it no more. Don't touch it. Um man. Yeah, I watch a lot of horror movies, man. Like a lot, a lot. And um, I don't know. Sometimes they run. <laughs> they just <laughs> run with me, you know. All right, my man. So listen, um, are you going to do anything? Are you meaning are you going to drop eventually an album with Void? I mean, another book? Like, I know you're busy, you got fam, all this stuff's going on, but like, you know, you're an artist, man. I, I feel like you gotta put something out at least. Man, like, I haven't been wanting... It, it's funny, so... Void has been working with uh, um one of the low lives, right? He, um... He's actually a student of Papa Wu. Um, you know... And um, his name is uh, Louis the Fourth, a.k.a. Four Mega. And he's in a group um called uh, Killer Monks. This dude is... This dude is dope, like... He's he's really he's fucking like really dope. He brings back that like conscious boom bap. And he's been working with Void. And um I was supposed to do a project with both of them. And then 
it just kind of fizzled away. And I think it's my fault because I kind of like stopped talking about the project and I just, I don't know. Like I love, I love this culture. I love this music, but sometimes I'm just like, you know, after like losing all my equipment and things like that, I'm just like, fuck, you know, but I, I saw him that night. You know, that I was talking about, you know, hip hop being in the building and it being wall to wall because there was nothing but artists everywhere. Like real, real dope artists. Like you had OGs and then you had new artists, you know, coming up. Um, So him and I were talking and I told him, let's let's just get together. Let's sit down. Let's listen to a couple of beats and let's just drop a four a four track EP just to give to the people just some just some fucking lyrical hip hop shit just let's just go off of that you know something i could feel cuz i was like i I'll, i've always loved this culture right i will always love music i will always love the fact that you know it gave me the opportunity to meet the people that i've met you know you one of them um you know void and 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 other people that i've that i've met that are close to me Cause this culture has like created like a little family for me, you know, like people who I consider like brothers, cousins, you know, like, you know, not just associates or anything like that. Like this culture for me is for real. And um, the music for me is real. Like, but I just, it's been bad. Like I have not been wanting to write at all. Like I don't want to write poetry. I don't want to write lyrics. I can hear it. I hear voices in my head. Like I hear, I hear lines all the time but I don't write them down like I used to you know and um but you know being at that at that place and talking to him to Louie it was like yo come on let's like he, he's been like a big influence just like you like yo you're gonna do something you're gonna do something you're gonna do something Odell does the same thing you know she goes you ever gonna do music again and I'm just like I don't know. Right. You, know? you, you have but, to be ready. You have to be ready to do it when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not pouring out like I used to, like, you right. know, I used to send y'all texts or I, all of a sudden I'll show you this paper. I had like, here, read this. And you're like, right. Oh shit. I, I just don't have that momentum anymore. You know? So I think I've gone and I'm not a fan, you know, like, if I, like your music really has to fucking touch me, like it, like it has to do something to me to move me, because if not, like most of the shit that I hear, I'm uh, yo, ninety nine point nine percent of the time I'm listening to old shit. Right. You know, I know dudes hate that, like, you know, they hate it, but you know, they say there's new music out there, and I'm just like, I know there's new music out there, but it's, I'm not. I'm not with it. It doesn't it sync doesn't, with you. No. It doesn't know. Yeah. And I'm not talking about radio. Like there are underground artists doing their thing right now and this some of it just doesn't do anything for me. I mean, I still I, I ride with like like Fatboy Sharif. That's my dude. He's nasty. He's from Jersey. And he's he he's got that like you got to talk to him one time because 
his style is not horror and it's not I don't know. He can explain it to you, but it's real dope. It's it's real abstract too. And that's what I like about it. He's super abstract. Like Yeah, he's a, he's a type of MC to me. He would be part of Death Jokes if Death Jokes was still around, you know, or part of Rhyme Sayers or something like that. Like Yeah, he he but he would be like the dark he would like to be the dark part of it. Yeah. Yeah, because he's literally he's like nasty as fuck. Like he can do some he says some nasty ass shit. No, he he's dope. Um lifelong. He's still doing dope shit. Like he got this one project with um A Sharp called um Gensu Blades. That shit is dope. Should definitely peep that. Um Mr. Cord from MHB. He does stuff. Mike Nichols, he's dope. Like they they do boom bap shit, you know, like real shit, like Masai Bay, like I like shit like that, you know, like they re released um, they re released the uh the C seventy three joint he did with BMS, yeah, they re released that, you know, through Uncommon, um, there is a group called Certain Ones, my boy uh Witchcraft from MHB, he's in that crew, they're all dope, they're from like around the world. But they they do random tracks. Is, is witchcraft from uh, South Africa? The witchcraft from South Africa, or is that no, a no? This is okay. a different one. This one's um W uh W H I C H C R F A T. He's okay. from um he's from New York. He lived in North Carolina for a while, but but yo that album too. Uh, shout out to them dudes. They're cool as fuck. Yeah, that they're album, dope. Yeah, that album is dope. I know Yujin is working on another album. I can't wait for her to drop her shit either. She's nasty. She was supposed to release it last year, but I guess she said some things were, some things had happened. So she, you know, nothing really popped off. I know she did a few shows here and there, but I think now, cause I had talked to her um, on Instagram and she told me that she finally got like a, like a place where she could settle and she got herself a writing desk. So she's going to, you know, she's going to give us something pretty soon. Hopefully this year. You know, yeah. So, would yeah. you say like your your lack of motivation comes from? And I can understand this sort of thinking. You're an artist. You come out with shit. You know that your stuff is as equally as good, if not better, than a lot of the shit that gets play out there. But yet, and you put your stuff out there a lot. You know, social media, right? I mean, you can touch literally hundreds to thousands of people and you don't get that that love back, meaning you don't get the downloads. Even if you give the shit for free, you're not getting the downloads. You're not getting the retweets. Yo, check this out. And none of that you think it has to do with some of that not being motivated has to do with that, you know? Like you feel like no, you don't want to waste your time. No, because I don't make music for others i make it for me Word. you know I, I i've always made music for me because you know like if you dig it yo you dig it right like but when i put something together i feel like i'm that i'm i'm, I'm that person that just wants to like sit in front of this canvas and draw something really fucked up and then have you fucking sit there yourself and try to figure this shit out. What was he feeling at that time? What was the emotion? What was his attitude? What was his mood? What was the beat like? 
you know, was it the same beat that he fucking spit over? Like, you know, because sometimes I could write to something else to a different beat and then spit on, you know, another beat. So you won't even know. But I, I, you know, I don't care if people like it or not. You know, I just do it for me. You know, if people dig it, cool. I mean, that makes me happy. You you like it, you know, because right. the image of my head and, and the perception of what I'm what I'm building is really fucked up. So if you enjoy that, <laughs> you Man, know, probably, I guess we're probably, fucked up, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're as fucked up as I am. <laughs> You know, I got but you, like in the last, in the last, um, like I, like I said, I, I'll, I'll always love music. I'll eventually make something. I'm sure. Hopefully this year. That's what I've been talking to Louie about. And we, we even talked to on text, um, yesterday about, you know, he's like, yo, I'm really excited about what we're about to do. So I'm excited too. And um, but yo, my like my love has become um I like getting into this fucking I don't know if it's cosplay, but I like doing horror characters, like building these horror characters now. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's been like my thing, like ever since I went to like, you know, celebration in that area. That's been my thing. So, folks, get into it because people aren't going to know what you're talking about. So, because uh, I know you created a character one time, and then ever since then, it's been, it's been. Yeah. On. So, I created. Um, I had bought this mask for like eight dollars, and I just wore it one time, and I remember walking on my my uh my brother's block in in Haines City. And this one, like the way I had the mask, it wasn't even what I was wearing. It was just the mask. She was like, and I was just staring at her. And it like, it was like the mask was a part of my face. And it was a random $8 mask. And I was just staring, standing, staring at this woman. Dude, she was so fucking scared. You could ask Odell. It's like, this woman was petrified. She goes, you know, she's like, is that a real, like a real face? Because she's like, she's like, nope, that's just him. It's just the energy he gives to that mask. So after I did that, I eventually used that mask again. And I created a character called Dr. Bloody. So I used um my scrubs that I was using when I was doing pharmacy. I was, I used that. I ended up buying a jacket. I ended up buying the the stethoscope thing, you know, that you wear on your head. And I just wore a knife and, and some gloves and things like that. But um, it was just like the way, like, Odalis likes to look at the mask. It, it's funny because she hates doing this for me, but she's so fucking artistic with it. So she'll repaint the masks. So it'll, she made the mask look almost human again. And then she'll cover it in blood, but then she'll like spray water on it and like just make it like the skin looks so real and then it's just pouring blood. And then I, you know, and I guess it's just the energy that I, I bring to that character because I've gone to celebration and shit is like 
people are just grabbing me. And this is on Halloween, right? You know, just to like make take it picture. clear. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then I did another character that I never brought outside. We did it because we did a Halloween party. I created a shadow demon. And um, there was another mask that I had bought that it was just the last mask there. It wasn't even the same color. Odalis looked at it. She painted it. I saw it with horns. She added horns for me. And then I, and then she created like fingers for me and all this other shit. And I just did the shadow demon. Then after that, I did um, uh, Padre El Demonico. I did like a priest. I did that one. Um, and then recent uh, last last Halloween was my most favorite character. Still don't have a name for that character at all. But I had gotten this mask from Russia. Um, this guy, uh, Victor, yo, he makes some ill ill mask and. I paid a little bit out of pocket, but it was like so worth it. And for like, I had it for like almost like a couple of weeks before Halloween. And like, we had different ideas of what we were going to do with the mask. And then at the very last moment, I was like, no, no, this, this, this character, this mask can't be like what other, because no, there's a few people who have this mask. That have bought it, but I'm I think I'm the only one in this country that has it. I think I'm not sure, but from the people that I've seen wear the mask, they try to do like a Baba Duke. I don't know, you know about Baba Duke? Yeah, yeah. So people have done like that with the mask. And a I lot of people it. do it. A lot of people do it. So it's not original. Yeah, so I so I, I went left with it <laughs> and I created a uh, an insane asylum uh, character alphabet, right? So I got like a, a a clown's wig. That's what it is. So it's like real fucking out there. And the mask goes up to like, oh, like past my forehead. So you won't know. Everything looks like attached. Right. And then um, I bloodied up the mask, not too much because the mask doesn't need it. And then we just went to town with the suit. She created my neck. So like she um uh she took like uh what do you call it? Uh like some type of plastic, you know, and she created like a neck for me and everything, and it looked all like fucked up. It looked like I had slits, like I was trying to kill myself, I was trying to rip my skin off. So it was all like that, all the way to the back. And I painted my hands and I put like a pentagram in my hand. Um, man. And then last year we just walked into, um, and this year I went with everybody because last year, the year before I didn't go with everybody, but this year I went with my sister, uh, Odalis, my brother-in-law, my niece and the kids. And yo, every time they turned around, I was just being, like people were snatching me to to take pictures, <laughs> you know. And then, um, and it's not like I'm just walking; I'm in character. So, like, if you pass me and you're walking past me or you're near me, yo, I was just doing random shit like to scare you, you know. It was like my own Halloween horror nights, you know. Like there was a group looking at a house, 
you know, they were just standing. It was it's dark, and they're in a like this alleyway, and they're looking at this house. And this one guy is looking up, so I just walk into their circle. These two people are like frozen, so they can't say nothing. And then I'm looking up to see what he's looking up, and then, and then at the same time, he look. We you know we look at each other, and the guy was like, "Like what the fuck?" <laughs> you know, and they get scared, and then I'll just be like, and just walk away. Yeah, you know, that's dope. That's and dope. then um, like I was photo bombing people, people taking selfies, so. Like, all of a sudden, I'll put my face up in your fucking camera, you know, shit like that. And all of a sudden, they're, like, taking a selfie. They're, like, what the fuck is that? You know, they'll start flipping out. So, yo, but every time they turned around, they were, like, you know, people fucking just gathering around me to take pictures. Um, This one house had, like, a smoke machine. So, I just stood in the smoke machine the whole time. That's dope, to, like, man. Grab people, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And then I'll do, like, an evil laugh. You know, because the character doesn't talk, you know, so I'll just do like an evil laugh, you know, and um, like somebody came up to my mask and like, look. And then I just like, you know, I kind of just jump at them and like <laughs> people jump. This one lady, yo, this one grandmother told me, go, go scare my kids. Like she sent me to scare her kids. Yeah, it was it was wild. It was a good time, man. It was like way over a thousand people out there and people right. were just like going crazy. I had people tell me like, yo, this is the favorite, my favorite costume of like, you know, everything that I've seen out here, like you're the best, you know? So I, I got like, I don't know, not that I got like, you know, my head big from it, but right. I was like, yo, I want to do this again. I like, right. I like fucking scaring people. You know, I, I love that shit. So do you see that being something in your future? Like a, a project that you can do? I, I've told people that I know who have like who have made short films. Yo, if you ever want a character, let me know. I'm down. You know, I don't have to have any lines. I just want to do scary shit. You know, like I've taken pictures of like just with the door halfway open, but you can see my face type shit. And it looks it looks real. <laughs> so I've seen people share the picture like Oh my God, this is real. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. But I like it. I don't know what, I don't know what it would get me into, but that's been my enjoyment. Like from the day of Halloween, I was already talking about my next costume. Like, yo, I need something to like top what I just did because I right. feel like what I did last year. It's like, fuck, I'm not gonna be able to top that shit. Right. So I've been looking for like. You know something really fucked up. Now, now your old characters are they retired or can they come back? Oh, they come back. Yeah, yeah, I've okay. I've done it. Like, um, I've brought out Doctor Bloody before. I would like to bring out the the demon, the because I I've never released that one before, and I got ideas for that one. So I'll put I'll I'll probably bring that one out again eventually. Um, and this one that I just did, I fucking love that character. So I'll definitely bring that character out again. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to think of something new now. All you right. know, something something scary, something like that really will fuck with you. You know. <laughs> All right, my brother. Well, thank you again for doing this. We we I thought I thought like if you look at my notes, dude. I I didn't even fill up the page, the front. 
the front section of it because I figured we were going to do maybe an hour, an hour and a half. But that never happens when you and I <laughs> get together. <laughs> Tell what almost three hours, bro. <laughs> oh, God, I didn't even realize it. <laughs> yeah, it goes so fast, which is good. That's a good thing, man. But uh, yeah, so I'm gonna put the links up. Are you still selling your book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. blurb. All right, so yeah, I'll still I'll, I'll still put the links up to that. I'll put the links up to all your social media, uh, your so all your social media stuff, and then um, I mean, if you drop any projects, for sure, you know, um. You'll let me know and we'll we'll do oh, this yeah. again. You'll probably be the first person to know. I mean, <laughs> just let me know. This house, but <laughs> but yeah, no, you'll you'll definitely be the first. I I want to do something this year, you know. Um, yo, if there's anybody out there that wants in in the Orlando area that wants to do like a short film on some horror shit, just to like scare people, I'm down. You know, I'm I'm super down for it. Um, yeah. I'm 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 up for it, you know. It's like, damn, I'm be I'm gonna be 45 this year, and it's just like I'm just starting to do what what I love to do. Which you know, I, I've, I've done music, but I feel like what I'm doing, like what I'm doing now, I'm having I'm actually having fun with it. You know, that's how it should be, brother. All right, my man, give love to the fam. I love you, brother. I'm right, my brother. All right, stay up. Stay up. And be safe. Yes, sir. You too. All right, brother. Peace. Peace.